0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can, of course, as I say, bring up whatever you want. If you never listened to the show before and you don't believe us, try it. You'll see. It's true. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you are invited to our website at freetalklive.com. We give away all the features there. Uh, Unlike those other talk show hosts who insist on charging for their websites, we give ours free up front. It's all yours if you go to freetalklive.com. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, we've talked in the show in the past about the idea of national service. It's a pretty disturbing one. Uh, The concept, in case you've never heard of it, is basically that the U.S. federal government wants to bring the youth of America. I mean, ideally they'd like to do it to everybody, but they've got their hands on the youth in that most uh, young people in America are going to government schools, so they're fairly easily accessible by the government agents. Uh, So they want to bring the youth of America in and have them uh, have them indoctrinated even more heavily than they currently are. I mean, because the government school system, it's pretty heavy indoctrination and it's pretty pro state, pro government indoctrination that that kids get at government schools. But it's not quite the same as actually, oh, I don't know, working 40 hours a week for a government agency or something like that. There's just there's going to be a little bit more of. Indoctrination
1: going sure, on. Sure, because your bread and service. butter comes from the government. Then, At this, um, when it comes to school, it's kind of like being in prison. Prisoners don't necessarily like prison guards. Yeah. Um, whereas, if you're, uh, you know, working for a government agency and somebody sa- if you're working for a fire department and somebody says you should privatize the fire department, suddenly you're like. <gasps> Are you kidding me? I get seventy thousand dollars a year. I only work. I work twenty four on, seventy two off. I, I get uh, you know two, three weeks uh, paid vacation every year, plus my Thompson Day or whatever the heck that well, is. Well, now,
0: now the kids aren't going to be getting that. They're gonna, just going to be working for free, and of course it'll be called volunteering. Which of course it won't be volunteering because well everyone will have to do it on un- you know unless they don't want the government school's diploma. Which why anybody would care about that I don't know. But that's a whole other issue. Most parents are under the paradigm that the government school high school diploma means something, and so therefore they will begrudgingly, if they disagree with it, encourage their kids to go along with this national service program. And so part of the idea is to conflate national service, which is working for the government, with actual volunteer opportunities of, you know, feeding the hungry and helping the sick and and all of that. Uh, So they're trying to conflate that together, and in fact, uh, some of the things that we've seen them, when they had one of their summits, I think it was last year on September 11th, one of the things they pointed out was that, sure, sure, charities are important, but this work is the most important. Working is for the ser- service. Right. This is serving the public. And so, uh, you know, they they were actually positioning working for the government – as though it were more important in general than all of the different volunteer opportunities that are actually out there.
1: And, uh, you know, people actually making, uh, you know, doing something inside the free market, providing people with goods and services at the prices that they wish to pay. You know, um, I, it's I, I understand that some people have a, it's a foreign concept for them, but, you know, if, the garbage men come by and provide you with a service, absolutely. However, if you don't like the service, it's not like you can stop paying. I can tell you that... Uh, you if it's know,
0: government garbage.
1: Yeah. If, if I've worked for... Uh, I've had government garbage. I have private garbage service, and I can tell you that the private garbage service is better. I can throw anything away pretty much any way I want to, and it'll get taken care of. Pretty much, yeah. The government people, they want their garbage piled up in a certain way. They want it a certain weight. They want it tied up in a certain manner. They want all kinds of things.
0: So what the reason I bring this up uh, is not because I have something specifically to talk about national service, but just to point out that the kind of the purpose of national service, at least one of them, is to bring more kids into the idea that government is necessary and government is good and – and actually, you know they're going to be applied for uh, moving into government careers. I mean, hey, kids, you like this uh, volunteer so called opportunity you have here? Well, just think you could make this a paid career. You could come work for AmeriCorps or fill in the blanks. I mean, they're looking at proposing this brand new agency that is essentially going to be, at least as I understood what uh, Obama said, as large as and as well funded as the military. So you're talking about a fairly large new government bureaucracy, and what it will end up doing, that's for somehow pure I speculation. Doubt,
2: somehow I doubt it would actually end up being as well-funded as the military. You're
0: probably right, but that's what he had proposed, as I, as I understood it at least. And uh, so, so the idea is they want to move young people into the, uh, the arms of government, ever more so. They want young people to be encouraged to come work for the government. And here's a story about maybe the reason why. According to Michael Hampton at HomelandStupidity.us, the federal government needs to hire 600,000 people over just the next three years. And that's uh, including 273,000 for so-called mission-critical positions, according to a survey released by a statist think tank,
1: the numbers reflect. We've in- talked about this on the air in the past. Um, it's been a couple of years, yeah. but the fact is, the bureaucrats are getting older in the key right. positions. They need to move people in. For some reason, the government hasn't been very doing very well at hiring. I think it's amazing, considering how well the federal government the pays. Um, you know, but somehow or another, they haven't been doing. A, only the government, right? Only the government can offer some of the best pay for some of the, the least work, and <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and somehow, recruiting. Yeah, yeah, not be able to fill
0: it. So uh, the numbers reflect in part the fact that many existing federal employees will be reaching retirement age over just the next few years. The other part is the Obama administration's plans to massively grow the size of government. The Partnership for Public Service, a statist organization which encourages people to become federal bureaucrats. I pull them up when you get a chance, uh, Mark, on, online. Partnership for Public Service. I just, I'm just curious as to what their propaganda is like. Uh, so they encouraged people to become federal workers instead of productive workers. They conducted a survey of 35 federal agencies covering over 99% of the federal workforce. The survey shows that the federal government will need the most employees in five broad areas, medical, security, law enforcement, legal, and administrative. But as always, the government will have trouble attracting talented people away from higher-paying private sector jobs. It has to win the war for talent in order to win the multiple wars it's fighting for the American people, according to the executive for the think tank, Max Steer. He told that to the Washington Post, saying also that most government agencies are going to see extreme competition with the private sector. Most likely, says Hampton, the government will hire the mediocre and the incompetent, as it most always does if If it can
1: uh, manage to streamline the Byzantine hiring process that is you time- know I, I i i just I don't like when they say that the the mediocre and the incompetent. I will say that people tend to go into public service who uh you know don't want to have to work too too hard, but it's you know we've we've shown it's been shown in the past when people who work for the government are switched over to the private sector that they suddenly get significantly more productive. This is true. You're right about that.
0: Although I think that's been shown in areas of like water employees. Remember,
1: I think that specifically that was specifically a water employee. Yes,
0: Uh, because it was some New Jersey. I think it was in New Jersey where they privatized to some extent the uh, the water. And I can tell you one way the
1: employees started showing incentive. One way that you don't win is if you start saying us and them, because um, then they are able to start bolstering their side. If you say that we've met the enemy and they are us. Then you're going to have a much better message that's going to be much, uh, you know, much more likely to bring people in. I think you're right about that,
0: Mark. But would you say that what Michael Hampton is saying is inaccurate in that the government hires mostly mediocre and incompetent workers because the private sector? I mean, if you're good at providing a product or service, you're not going to go and even apply in the first place. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you're certainly not going to be applying for the government.
1: Well, um, I, I certainly can say that the attitude of, of some of them at the time that they go to work for the government is that I would rather take this better paying job than have to work harder in the in, in the free market. So, you know, I can't entirely disagree, but I'm not trying to call names here. I'm not saying that all government workers are
0: incompetent and mediocre that, And I don't think that's what he, what Hampton is saying, um,
1: but I it think it does tend to attract that.
0: Right. I mean, you've got a pretty sweet, sweet government job, and you don't really have to be too qualified in order to uh, to get a lot of
1: them. No, they have to take those little tests, those public service tests, which always have seemed daunting from sitting at the outside. I have no idea. I've never taken one of them. Probably isn't that difficult. I don't know. But Nick, what you,
0: has your observation been about uh, the you know the quality level in general well, of government employees? <clears and> police?
2: <throat> I'm not sure that it's so much that the people are incompetent when they start out or mediocre. Mm-hmm. I think it's more just they end up getting hired into a job that's going to pay them fairly well and give them good benefits whether or not they perform. So they once they're in that position, they're really not incentivized to do as as much of a, a good job and be as productive as they would be if they were working in the free marketplace. And the government is uh,
1: in a unique position that people are generally penalized for doing something as opposed to doing nothing, as opposed to the free market, which penalizes you for doing nothing rather than doing something, usually.
0: What's it like being hired by the federal government? We'll talk about it in a moment here. Uh, Apparently, Byzantine is the word he chose. Free Talk Live.
1: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the porcupine realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259 9231 Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. They include the Shrine of Female Listeners, which is now brought to you by Manchester Brewing. Shrine of Female Listeners available at shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look-see. And if you are a lady listener, you can get involved. You can send in your validated photo or video to show that you are indeed a listener of Free Talk Live. Uh, head over to uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live and are tired of this federal government constantly trying to recruit your kids and tired of the oppressive state constantly getting a larger and more intrusive and more expensive, well, you could stay where you are and watch it all happen. Or you can get active here in New Hampshire and join hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. Soon, thousands of uh, people will be moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project in order to get active uh, toward freedom. And of course, Nick is a New Hampshire native who's been seeing the immigration, seeing the migration happen. Uh, how how exciting has this been for you, Nick, from you know your perspective as being somebody who was born here in New Hampshire and and have loved loved freedom your you know your whole life seeing some reinforcements show up.
2: It's definitely refreshing. I I mean, I remember reading about the vote being taken before there were any movers here in state. So it's been quite a change. I mean, there's a a liberty community here that did not exist beforehand. Uh, New Hampshire did already have some things going for it, but it wasn't all that much different from a lot of other states around the country, and I don't think you could say the same thing today. I think there is something unique here in New Hampshire, and that's... A community of li- liberty-loving people who are active. For and liberty. growing. And growing. And it, it continues to grow. And I... It yeah.
0: is a great community, and uh, and one of the things that we're starting to see happen slowly is more people with families are starting to show up now. Uh, people, I mean, slowly, it's still easier for the single college age males and, and you know to show up. They're they valuable, right? They don't have. I'm not saying they aren't
1: valuable. I'm just saying that they. It's yep. easier for them to pick up and leave somewhere. Another cool uh, thing about those uh, those college age males is they come here and they meet women, and uh, you know, so they they indoctrinate locals too. There is that. Uh, So you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the project and to get involved. Again,
0: freestateproject.org. We're talking tonight, uh, to start things out, of course, we will take your calls about absolutely anything, but we're talking about this uh, federal government program, or the federal government in general, trying to recruit over 600,000 people in the next three years. So that doesn't include all the people that the state governments might be looking to hire as well. Who knows what the total amount of Wanted government workers is out there, but we know that the feds are looking for about 600,000 people. Uh, this, according to Michael Hampton over at Homeland Stupidity. Us, and he says that uh, you know they might be able to hire some of these people on if they can manage to streamline the Byzantine hiring process. Time reported back in 2006 on the federal hiring process and the upcoming mass retirement of federal workers, saying, "You might think hiring people's easy." But there are both cultural and bureaucratic obstacles preventing them from succeeding. For instance, three agencies tried an extreme hiring makeover to reduce the Kafka-esque process of getting a job. <laughs> hiring a They new, just can't do it. <laughs> hiring a new employee at one of these agencies now takes only 53 steps rather than 114. But it's still 53 steps. This is one of the many pilot programs that are being tested, but none are being implemented fast enough to address the severity of the challenge. Another pilot program has been recruiting at six um, has been recruiting at six universities only nineteen hundred and forty six of them to go regulations are this is one thing that you can say about government is You know, even if they need something done, they still don't have the ability. They need these employees, but they still don't have the ability to get their S into shape to the point where they can
1: actually accomplish this task. They just can't do it. (laughs) I mean, they're so (laughs) inept. I mean, I don't know if they've managed to fix it over there, but the FBI didn't have its own email for uh, you know quite some time they may have fixed it at this point it 's been some time i haven 't seen an article on it in a couple of couple of years, but can you imagine yeah. say let 's call it two thousand and six, and the fbi couldn 't get email Regulations also cap the percentage of outside
0: hires to top management roles, so they can 't just hire those managers being laid off at General Motors. The cultural shift away from government employment has been even harder to change. While the private sector has boasted of its commitment to quality and efficiency, the public sector still has a reputation branded by that notorious phrase, good enough for government work. So the best and brightest believe there's no excitement or pulse in federal service. Even graduate schools that are supposed to train students for government can't convince them to work there. In 1961, Charles and Marie Robinson gave $35 million to Woodrow Wilson's School of Public and International Affairs to ensure that students are groomed for government service. A couple of years ago, the Robinson sued Princeton because the grad school sends only 12% of its grads into federal service. Everyone expected a spike in public service after nine. 9-11, but it hasn't materialized. And back to Hampton and Homeland Stupidity, he says that the trouble with hiring federal employees persists, but is being worked on, according to the Human Capital Officer for the Office of... Dire- How cold is that?
2: Well, I human mean... Human it, Capital. It's no more cold than Human Resources.
0: I guess. Uh, the, for the Office of, Office of the Director of National Intelligence, he says most government agencies have been historically passive, announcing jobs and waiting for people to line up. Uh, But they apparently have – Obama has vowed to make government service cool, and federal efforts to streamline the hiring process should leave the government in good stead to make the hires. Now, back to the story about the PPS. Now, the PPS stands for the – what was it? The Partnership for Public Service. They've been sponsoring federal job fairs across the country which typically attract thousands to apply for hundreds of positions and some people are starting to prefer government work over productive private sector jobs due to its perceived greater stability and growth potential. The actual number I'd of... say that
1: it has greater greater, uh, greater uh, stability, I don't know what necessarily comes to the growth pot- potential. I mean, you know, at some point or another you get to the highest rung of the bureaucratic ladder and there's, you know, not that much to go on.
0: Well, you then you start building more bureaucrats beneath you, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the actual number of people, and you you want to expand your purview as well. You want to expand the, the program. Yep. You want to make it larger and the budget bigger. So you have more bureaucrats you can put underneath you and boss around. Anyway, the actual number of people the government ultimately hires in large part uh, in large, depends in large part on how many existing federal employees actually retire when they reach retirement age. If they do, it could take away as much as half of the federal workforce, resulting in a significant brain drain. Either way, though, the government is going to get on a is rather going on a massive hiring spree, and for the most part, they'll have to take whoever they can get. If you think the federal government is incompetent now, just wait until half of them are new hires. So they're looking at hiring Holy crap. Hundreds of that, Right. A lot of the people that have been there, they've been there for a little while. Right. And
1: they may not want to do what they need to do. However, they can do it if they need to. Yeah. And now you're looking at bringing in a
0: whole bunch of newbies. And it's just, just you know, just wanted to share that with you because it's disturbing. I mean, and people are going to jump on board with this, especially now. I mean, if you yes. ta- if you've talked to business owners, if a job position is open, they get dozens and hundreds of uh, of applications depending yeah. on the market size but there are a bunch of people out there vying for the private sector jobs that that are available it's going to be a pretty sexy sales pitch for people when the government comes along and says hey we've got all these positions we're hiring for and look at all these benefits look at this pay package i mean federal bureaucrats get paid fairly well uh compared to the average private sector worker probably better than
2: somebody on unemployment They they get paid pretty well. Well, unemployment does run out, too, though, in some cases, unless they keep extending it. But that's what it boils down to for a lot of people. If they have to pay the rent, they're going to take whatever job comes along. Sure they
0: are. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Of course, rumors are also flying around about uh, thousands more troops heading over to Afghanistan. So they're looking to hire on all fronts. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Bullet
1: catchers wanted.
3: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-C-A-I toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got updates, and you get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list Totally free. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
1: republicmagazine.tv. Are you getting the real news? Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. You can get your free digital copy now or order a print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv. And if you go there and check out the the new issue, you'll find Free Talk Live's quarter page ad.
0: All right. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Uh, We'll start things out with Carl in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Carl.
4: Hi, how's it going, guys? What's
0: on your mind tonight, Carl?
4: Um, I was wondering if you guys had seen the show on the new show on National Geographic. It's called um, Alaskan State Troopers.
0: No, I have not.
4: Oh well, uh, I thought I'll make it real quick. Um, what I found interesting on the show is that uh, I guess there's some cities up in Alaska, or maybe some villages where they actually um, it's illegal for uh, for um, alcohol to be, to be uh, possessed and drunk there. In Alaska? in Alaska? Yeah, Alaska. Alaska, does, um, Alaska yeah, has a things. lot of
2: dry towns and counties. It's, wow, they they have problems with how dark it gets in the wintertime. A lot of people will develop severe drinking problems, and then sometimes blow their head off or something like that. And Just back though, to life there. As I guess. though a
0: dry county is going to prevent
2: that. It doesn't. That. Right. They and
0: try. They were
4: talking how um, some of some at some points like a bottle of like um, like Jack Daniels they had on the show was I think three hundred dollars, <laughs> Go over three hundred dollars in, in, in one of the villages.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, it's yeah, if it was, it's remote it really enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Cool, man. Yeah, so, uh, thanks for sharing yeah, so, that. that. What was that? Alaskan state troopers on National Geographic? Yeah, so,
4: Alaskan
5: state troopers. Yeah, they
4: um, a lot of the times they'll have guys get you know, they'll they'll try to like get get information from the um, from the people that are drunk and they just have no idea what they're talking about because they, I guess a lot of the a lot of the people that don't really know how to drink alcohol because they've never you know they haven't grown up with it. So it's That's a great a point.
0: It's so true. I mean, look at the kids of look at the youth of America. They are told, "Hey kids, don't do it." And so, of course, nobody teaches them how to imbibe. And so when they finally do get the opportunity to imbibe, they're, uh, you know, they're throwing caution to the wind. They are doing things that are very dangerous, and I know, I've been there. I've done it. I was not taught. My parents didn't teach me jack. Uh, about well, about drinking. Well, it and was so, illegal.
1: They could very well have lost their child
0: doing that's it. That's a good point. You're right about that. Um, but the point is they didn't, and, and so that's therefore, why
1: the, this this whole government paradigm of trying to get people not to drink until they're 21 and then suddenly they're going to be responsible dangerous. enough is absolute insanity. Um, you know, in so many countries around the world, and I know in Ireland, if you're you know if you can crawl up to the counter and get the bartender to serve you, you know you're old enough to get served. That's and It should be is somehow or another. That works. It seems fine. I mean, you know, the, I know that the the stereotype of, of the Irishman is drunk, but, I, you know, what can I tell you? I, are you telling me that, that, that in Ireland they're more drunk than the United States? I don't believe it. Thanks, Carl, for the call
0: tonight. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. I mean, if you want to keep your kids in the dark about these sorts of things, that's your prerogative as a parent. But I think that... Well, it
2: won't that... work. What's it, that? It will oh. not work. Right, You can keep them in the dark for a period of time, but by the time they're 15, 16, it's different for different people. But at some point, even if you manage to keep them under your control until they're 18 or 19, eventually they're going to leave the house, most likely. And at some point, the vast majority of those kids are going to let loose. And I've seen kids who were raised in very sheltered environments who they really let loose, and they actually had a much worse time of it than people with more relaxed parents. Right, they have no coping skills. Well, they jump straight into... You know, they're trying to play catch-up. They jump straight into the drugs and the sex and the alcohol, Mm -hmm. and they don't really show as much restraint because, you know, they just go nuts with it. It's something foreign to them. It's new. It's exciting. And they kind of make up for all that repression by jumping right into that scene. And they've
0: never been taught moderation. So I remember when I was younger, I, my motto
1: was, uh, you know, if you're going to drink, you might as well get drunk. Why in the world would you drink if you didn't? Get, you know, that that was what my motto was, too. Yeah. I didn't even understand the idea of, right. of, of sipping alcohol and, and enjoying a beer Getting or anything a buzz like that. or something like right. that, Right. Yeah. I went out and I bought the cheapest beer that you could possibly uh, buy, and then I drank as many of them as I could, and then I figured out relatively quickly how I could, uh, you know, get friends of mine to, to buy liquor, well, and, you know, off you go.
2: To be fair, to some extent, I think that, I mean, even if we had... A more permissive uh, policy towards alcohol in the United States, and parents actually did teach their kids about drinking to some extent. Teenagers are still oh, going yeah. to go to excesses anyway.
1: Well, I think that, that's true. Uh, I think that what you'll find is is that uh, you know that that uh, because kids don't know how to drink, that some of them will go too far. Those, and you know, we we agree on that. And then you'll find some of the ones that do know that would know how to drink will go a little farther because, well, the other kids are going farther. Because I'd say a majority of kids are not taught how to drink by their parents, so then you have the the paradigm is let's go out and get s faced mm-hmm. so then the ones that have been taught by their parents are a little more likely to go do that because that's what the paradigm is so it's this it's this big cycle and it's all brought on by well mothers against drunk drivers.
0: It's all brought on by people that think they can control their children by completely shutting them off from these kind of adult situations and not giving them the appropriate information that they need. I think that you're right, Nick, that kids are going to make bad decisions in general, but if you have the opportunity as a parent – to educate your uh, your young person as to, okay, here's how you drink responsibly, here's why you drink responsibly, uh, here's some suggested, th- here, we'll drink together, and you can see what it's like, and, and do these things. When they come across their the teenage friends that don't know anything about drinking, you could at very least expect them to be a little bit more cautious with themselves and perhaps even suggest some uh, some things to their friends, it's whether they better I- listen or not
1: is another question. It's a but. better idea. In high school, they taught me how to square dance in gym class. There is a skill I do not need. I, I, the, the six weeks or whatever, it could have been six weeks, two weeks maybe, that we spent on square dancing, I didn't need that. However, 90-something percent of adults in America have drank alcohol, and they need that skill. I'm not saying that school should teach it to them. I'm just saying oh, we teach our kids a heck of a lot of crap in this world, and but, I mean, let's teach them the things that they actually need to know.
0: Yeah, I I completely Probably, agree with that.
2: I mean, I I, I would agree. Yep.
0: If you if you if you love your kids and you aren't teaching them how to uh imbibe alcohol in a mature manner, then you are essentially you're just kind of increasing the odds that your kid's going to turn up dead someday from alcohol
2: poisoning or well, doing
0: something really stupid while he's wasted. I mean, you're increasing those odds by keeping him
2: in the dark. I don't I mean, given the current state of affairs, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't blame parents for not Giving their children alcohol, but they could at least have a discussion about instead of i't I would Don't drink. i not give my kids the alcohol well, because I would want them and to, many people do today
0: I would want them to know what they're dealing with. I wouldn't want them to find that out down the line when they're with their friends after at some they've party. consumed
2: about two thirds of a fifth of Jack Daniel's. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that I'm not for
1: the parents that say that it's a great idea to go out and go partying with their kids necessarily. I mean that's not no, where I mean, at I'm home. at. I mean, right. at home. That's not where I'm at. However, I you know <laughs> I do think it's a good idea to teach your child how to let's hey son you want to have a beer with this pizza and. You know, you have a beer with him. Now, I'm not saying do it at six, although I think that was the age that I had my first taste of beer and then Mm. didn't have another one until I was 16. Right. (laughs) I didn't want it. But, um, you know, I I think that when you're talking to a 14 year old, a 15 year old, now's the time to start teaching this kid. Hey, here's how you drink one beer.
0: Absolutely. And then, you know, show them the difference between drinking a beer and not eating pizza versus drinking a beer and eating pizza because mm-hmm. having food on your stomach is very important. So, I mean, going through all of these things, I think, with your kids is a very important step. And if you, do, if you don't do it, if you don't even talk to them about it, then your kids are at a much greater risk of hurting themselves, in my opinion. Would love your thoughts at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Scott is in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott.
6: Yes, uh, good evening, Ian, Nick, and Mark. How are you?
0: Scott, what's on your mind tonight? Uh,
6: first of all, uh, a few things. Number one, the uh, shootings at Fort Hood in Texas. Hmm. Uh, I don't condone uh, Major Hassan, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, what I've read uh, in the Boston Globe, other papers, this man was tortured, singled out because he's a Muslim, and really, uh, m- more than just bullying, This was uh, 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 he was tortured on a physical and mental level. Uh, they, they keyed Allah onto his car, uh, they put a diaper in his car and said this is a Muslim headdress. Look, look, I want look, you to look,
0: tell look. me more in a moment. Hang on, we'll bring you back. Sure. More with Scott. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 800-259-9231.
7: Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial in toll free, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We invite you there. Enjoy all the features for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, You can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. It's still the same Amazon. It's just you're entering through our special uh, portal. So whatever you purchase, a percentage of it will go to Live. Start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your holiday shopping taken care of. It's real easy. They've got dozens of categories, brand new items, even used items if you need to save a few extra bucks. Plus... Free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. Start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, you're back on Free Talk Live. and You were talking about the Fort Hood shootings. Yes. And the uh, the guy that the assailant, the alleged assailant in that particular case, uh, Malik Hassan, I believe it
6: is. That's right. Mo- Nadil Malik Hassan.
0: Now, yes. you were you were saying that he was being tormented by some of his uh, co-soldiers there at the base, is that right?
6: That's not the correct word, gentlemen. He was tortured. Tortured. He was tortured physically and mentally, and I'm not condoning what he did. But uh, he, the man went berserk. He snapped, and uh, they kept heaping all this abuse on him. Give me some man... more
0: examples of the abuse. I mean, you said that uh, he had a diaper placed in his car. Uh, was it a dirty diaper? I didn't get to that.
6: I don't know about that, but he had the word Allah keyed into his car, on now, his car.
0: Now, where was the physical torture coming in?
6: Uh, they would, They. They. He, he had... F- Fights where people would uh, he, They would assault him his And peers. this was
0: because he was a Muslim
6: Entirely because You have to understand These men were t- dealing with Wounded soldiers at Walter Reed Army Hospital Amputees, paraplegics So when they saw their, their co-worker This uh, Muslim They really took their they, they targeted him He was a symbol for all of their hatred Against Muslims And uh, this man uh, uh, Finally snapped, and he uh, he he, uh, he gave it back to them. And uh, let me tell you something: I was bullied in high school, and bullying goes on not only on army bases; it goes on in factories across America. You know what goes around, gentlemen, comes around. Sure does. And when you push somebody, and you're and you kind of use them as a punching bag, say, ah, oh, we're gonna really, we're gonna, we're gonna really uh, make mud of this guy. Well, let me tell you something. It can go both ways. Because one day the guy may have it and may blow your head off. So that's what they were dealing with, a time bomb, and they kept pushing him and pushing him. Do I sympathize with On, Indeed I do. I do sympathize with him. And I want to tell you something else. When Timothy McVeigh bombed the Murrah building in Oklahoma City, they never referred to him the media as an Irish Catholic terrorist. When Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold committed the columbine massacre they never referred to them as christian murderers if a jew had done the shooting the media would never dare say it was a jewish shooter for fear of anti-semitism but yet on the radio i turn on the radio i must hear a dozen times a day islamo fascist terrorist i heard one commentator call him an animal uh let me tell you interesting
1: observation i have to say yeah I, I, i can't disagree with it too much i mean i i can 't disagree with it. it 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 sounds relatively accurate um you know by and large the people the thing is is that people want to put him in a box because he's islamo fascist and i 'm not an islamo fascist i don 't have to think about how this guy dealt with this situation i don 't have to think about why he got where he was it's all I have to think is those people are bad if you you know when you, when you another situation where you set up us and them and when it's them then you don't have to worry about them however when you can uh, sympathize like like you are Scott with uh, this this fellow Hassan and you can see why it what it is that made him do what it was that he did then you can take steps in your own life to prevent that from happening where you are because these people didn't expect this to happen to them and um, you know you don't expect it to happen to you. What's you know? There's a parallel there.
6: It was it was blowback. It was blowback for what he did, and it's it's a lesson for me to learn too. Because a lot of times I am anti-Semitic. I'm prejudiced, and a lot. I'm not trying to l- 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 get sympathy from you. I'm not. But uh, I became bigoted from a lot of trauma in my life. I just didn't wake up one day and say, you know, I'm I'm a Jew hater. I'm I'm am an anti-Semite. I'm a racist. I had a lot of hurt and a lot of a lot of pain. But I didn't come to focus on me. I'd like to finish the commentary, if I may, gentlemen, that if I had a son or daughter, I wouldn't have them fight for this country. And it has nothing to do with Major Hassan. This country lies to us. Our government lies to us. And, and, and the military, uh, the soldiers, don't get me wrong, they're the finest that America has to offer in all of American society. But American society is not worthy of them. We're selfish. We're cruel. We're rude. We're crude. Americans uh, have no patience.
0: Well, I don't uh, think it's fair what you're doing now. This country. is something that you're doing. What you're doing right now, Scott, is you're putting everybody into groups again. And, uh, and but it's, this is how I see this, America. But, but wait a minute, Scott. Yeah. It, it, it's that mentality that you were critiquing earlier where somebody put Hassan in a group and said, well, you're you know, cotton-picking Muslim or whatever. I'm sure they said worse things than that. But you know, and then they went and they did the awful things that they did to him. And yeah. so you putting Americans, this, which is a big group of people, you're talking about 300 million people, uh, into a group and saying all kinds of nasty things about Americans. It doesn't describe some of the well, people that I know. The
2: country – I mean the government, if you're talking about fighting for the country – I would, I would agree with some of those critiques about the form of government that we have today well, no, but I, I'm talking about, I would agree with it uh, I, would, I, would I wouldn't say send my son to fight for any government of any nation
1: because I think that the way that they are set you know it, it, the incentives are all wrong as far as I'm concerned, okay. and what they generally end up using those those boys for is bullet catchers.
0: Right. Well, I think there's a difference, though, between critiquing the government and what it does and making blanket statements about we are cruel. Americans are this. Americans are that.
8: Well, let me
6: rephrase it. Our boys are – and they are boys. I don't mean in a derogatory sense. They're they're 18, 19, 20 years old. They're dying for special interests, for greedy, selfish old politicians, big oil companies like Exxon, uh, uh, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, yes – and some other Jewish groups that want us there in the Middle East. But at the end of the day, when they're at Walter Reed Army Hospital, and they have no legs or no arms, yeah. or they're paralyzed, that's if they're lucky, if you call that lucky, and the others that come home in a box, they are dying for a lot of selfish, selfish reasons and sinister reasons.
0: For nothing. For nothing. Dying that for nothing. Right, absolutely that's Absolutely. bottom line. They're, di- yeah. they're dying for politicians. Now, Scott, you know, I, I think it was revealing for a moment there when you talked about your hatred towards a certain uh, types of people, uh, people in certain categories, uh, you, you know, whether it's Jewish people or black people, you said that, uh, you know, you had some trauma in your life. I felt that I had was, a lot of trauma. I felt that that was revealing. And I'm wondering, you know, can you see and you sort of touched on this. So do you see the parallels between what those people did to that man because he was Muslim and what maybe some of the the, the things that you have said when you've when you've grouped all Jewish people all into yeah. the same category? Yes, can I, you do see? Un-
6: I, I do understand it. Uh, a lot of times my hatred get, gets the best of me, uh, but I, I I sympathize with Hassan. When you when uh, you
0: feel the, when you feel the hatred welling up inside you, maybe what you can do is remember that people aren't groups, that they are individuals, and that they are you know they're not all part of some great plot, or they're not all this and they're not all that. They are individuals, and the only thing that you can say about that is that they all should be judged based on their individual actions and their beliefs. If you are going to judge anybody, that's what it should be based on. And I, I think that you know we've come along in, in our conversations over time, Scott. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your willingness to to
1: continue the discussion. I think that it's uh, it, to me, it uh, sort of just reveals providence how you are you are given in your in your life opportunities to look at situations from both sides. I've like probably everybody had problems in school as far as being picked on and i'm sure everybody felt the same way i remember i've been there yep absolutely uh, it's it's occurred and i picked on people and it gave me the opportunity to look at both of those sides i've uh, you know i've i've been in situations where I've been singled out racially, I was in prison, right? <laughs> I was I was an extreme minority there, and I reacted to that in a hate-filled fashion. And so now you you know you, life gives you the opportunity to look at situations from both sides, and I think that it Scott shows you know maturity uh, in being able to, to see how life has handed him uh, you know like, you know to grow into it. I guess uh, that's really what I'm trying to but
6: say. But the bitterness. The bitterness, uh, I'll just leave it with thought. I, I know you've got other callers. Don't ever let anyone tell you that time heals all wounds. The only thing that is another day on the calendar, but the bitterness and the hatred and the trauma, it's, it's, it's like burning your hand on a stove that throbs, and that's how I feel.
0: Well, if you feel hatred and you feel bitterness, that's something that you can change, and I agree with you that time is not the, is not the only factor. I think right. that you have to make a, uh, an effort, a concerted effort personally, inside yourself, to shift away from that bitterness, to shift yes. away from that hatred, because mm-hmm. if you seethe in it, if you uh, if you spend time uh, in it, it only then...
1: hurts you, not the not the person uh, you know at person who you're angry at. Thanks uh, for the call, and that's what Hassan, you know, uh, obviously he was dealing with some very difficult situations, but and likely he never he didn't shoot very many of the people that bothered him. He Maybe. just lashed out. Yep, you know, there's 40 something people got uh, injured that day.
0: The toll free number here is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Would love you. Your thoughts on this or anything you want. Hour 2 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSight.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off our number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. right to your phone calls. We go to Don in New York. Don, you're on Free Talk Live.
9: Hey, Ian, Mark.
0: Hey, hey, Nick's here, too. What's on your mind tonight?
9: Um, a couple of nights ago, a caller called in and was uh, inquiring about uh, what the best Ian Rand or Ian Rand book was to read. Okay. Um, and he had described that he'd seen Atlas Shrugs and uh, The Fountainhead, um, considering both. I've read The Fountainhead, or I've, I've downloaded it in an audio format and listened to all 174 chapters. He had he had asked if Ian, he thought Ian Rand was maybe not the best writer in the world. I encourage everyone to uh check out The Fountainhead. It is really a well written book. Um those, I felt like it. The words pop right out and, and everything was crystal clear. It's about collectivism versus individualism and it's also a great movie, Taboo. Oh
8: no,
0: never my said recommendation. That movie. Cool. Thank you for the recommendation. Any other thoughts? Um
9: no, uh, while uh, the commercial was on, they were talking about the Supreme Court ruling on those two kids who uh, have life in prison. Is this Ooh, the uh, ju-
1: juveniles? And... No, I don't know. I didn't hear the Yeah, news.
9: so d- they're still deliberating whether or not it constitutes uh, cruel and unusual punishment to put away two teenage kids uh, for life in prison. Okay. And they haven't—they haven't murdered anyone. But they—they're they still deciding it. They're still in decision. I guess it'll go into today,
2: too. I think I heard about this. Was this a case from Florida?
9: I believe so.
2: Yeah, I believe it. it I, I heard some reporting on the story, and I believe it was a kid who was maybe 17 when he committed the crime and it was armed robbery. Well, it was a- an,
1: egregious, an egregious rape.
2: Um, he originally had gone in and done
1: a burglary. Um, everybody admitted to three of them. And then they, one of them came back and apparently committed a rape. And then, you know, the, it, the evidence is very shaky
9: but life in prison is even you know the rape is questionable but I don't think you should get life in prison for a rape I think people spend less time in prison for uh for greater crimes
1: yeah I don't know yeah. when you, when you put when you put the government in in charge of things a, a new set of uh sort of criteria that need to be met come into play in right. the, you know as we've said in the free market people are rewarded by doing things and accomplishing stuff in the government people are uh disincentivized for making mistakes they're punished for mistake making so when you let a convict out and he does something bad you know forget that whatever it is that he might have done good in the time that he'd been out or whatever that's all that counts you know he committed another crime and that's it and then so they crack down a little farther in the hopes that uh, somehow they can prevent these things from happening and you know pretty soon you're killing people for misdemeanors
0: (laughs) thanks for for listening guys Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think that you'll get a lot of disagreement uh, between people on exactly what the appropriate punishment for rape should be or whatever the other, whatever crime you're talking about, some sort of crime of violence. But I think that the marketplace would be much better than the government, uh, this one-size-fits-all judicial system that we currently have at deciding what the best appropriate punishments would be, and I would hope that they would decide that restitution would be a more appropriate punishment, presuming that's you know something that the victim was uh, was looking uh, looking to to have. Maybe they never want to think about it again, and getting a check from their rapist, you know, every month might remind them of it. And so I don't know. I th- I think that restitution, I th- I think, is generally something that should be worked toward rather than just locking someone in a cage and throwing you know and
1: ignoring. Right. Them. I'm not completely against uh, the idea of incarceration. I'm I'm well, for incarceration. <laughs> However, for I think that it's crimes, overused. I mean,
2: for a crime like rape, there. It inflicts a harm on the victim that I don't think can be completely made whole with money. So something should be taken from the perpetrator of that crime, in my opinion. And, you know, if, if some emotional harm is inflicted on them by locking them up for, say, five or ten years... I'm not going to shed too many tears about that. No, that doesn't bother me either. I mean, that that seems just to me.
1: However, I also think that uh, when you when you have a victim out there and they're they're going to counseling and they're paying all this money at, to, to you know to try to get well as it were, and they're <laughs> they're uh, the criminals sitting in jail and can't work, can't make any money. Um, some jail systems do let them make a small amount of money, but you know I think that. Uh, that uh, you know, getting the the victims some money to at least pay for what it is that they've lost is is probably the first step. I also think the judicial systems, are, you know, the, the incarceration systems really messed up in putting rapists in with regular criminals. They they hope to have for some reason the regular criminals just you know have meet out some more justice on the rapists but i can honestly tell you that that rarely happens Is that right
0: it really isn't does... it mostly the kid child rapists that get it
1: you know they they what they tended the, the guards don't want any violence at all so they disincentivize that by locking people up and beating them up and things like that okay um you know stop beating people up or we'll beat you up that that <laughs> philosophy so you know you, you learn to sort of leave the race alone uh, and they they get ostracized certainly but they don't really get this shanked in the shower thing that you you get the the idea of what's going on and in, in movies and stuff like that it just doesn't happen let's
0: go to your phone calls and gene is on the line in tennessee the christian anarchists you're on free talk live on the amp
1: line hello gene
10: hi guys golf balls Guess they're destroying the planet we have to get rid of all golf balls,
1: now, how are they destroying the planet
10: this is a new thing out I've just read now this is and this is one of the reasons why I have such a distrust of scientists you know I've mentioned in the past that science is the new god in the in the 21st century and I have a great deal of distrust for scientists having known and considered several of them uh, to be my close friends, uh, I realize that science is a is just a game too, just like everything else, and they now have discovered thousands, hundreds of thousands of golf balls lining the the beds of the Loch Ness. So, what? yeah, apparently people were uh, using the uh, the Loch Ness as a driving range, and so they're shooting their balls out into the
2: Loch. Pro- well, and- you probably shouldn't do that, especially with the liquid-filled golf balls. But I don't really know how much of an issue it is. I mean, people do they do drive golf balls into bodies of water. I've seen it done.
10: All over the place. But now, and they tried to make a big deal out of it, of course, you know, they're doing their studies and they want, uh, they've got a preconceived uh, uh, result that they want when they start their study. So Mm -hmm. they throw out these numbers, and this is why. before I you say, go
1: on, um, G- Gene, um, I would say that they're also incentivized to come up with something. If you if you're a scientist and you you say, well, there's a bunch of there's a hundred thousand golf balls in the uh, bottom of Loch Ness, but we couldn't really figure out that they do any any harm, so forget about it. I mean, like what yeah. kind of what kind of research is that?
10: That well, and that doesn't make news, does it? No. And it's certainly not going to get you more funding in the future. No. So the, it's all driven by money. But anyway, they they throw out figures, and they this is why I say that uh liars uh liars uh, uh figures don't lie, but liars sure can figure and uh you've got numbers they throw out like here's um three hundred million balls are lost are discarded in the United States alone, so you know they they try and make that look like it's a lot of balls and it's really not let's say that in the whole world that number is doubled to six hundred million balls, and then I went on to uh uh wiki to find out how many acres there are on the planet, because I didn't know, and so I found out there's uh, Mm -hmm. 36,794,240,000 acres. So I did a little quick math and determined that if you were to spread those balls out on the surface of the planet, you have 0.016 balls per acre, and they're concerned about the amount of zinc in these balls. Well, what, course, what do the they want
0: of... to do about it? Ban golf balls entirely? Make them biodegradable or something like that? I mean, Zincless I'm golf sure, balls. I'm
10: sure there'll be some global tax put on your golf balls to solve the huh. problem, which really won't do anything but raise revenue. Sure. But the point is, the amount of golf balls per acre on this planet is so small, I mean, you can't even put a whole golf ball per acre. And they're, complained about the, they're complaining about the zinc that's in the rubber that the balls are made out of. Well, you know, if you were to – and I didn't check that number, but somewhere there's a there's a number of how much right. zinc is in a golf ball, and I'm pretty sure it's a very tiny number.
1: So they can't, can't put a fifth of a golf ball on every acre in in the world – and there's only, obviously, golf balls aren't all zinc, because they're white and shiny, not silver and Doesn't shiny. Doesn't
0: zinc come but, from the ground? Yeah, yes. Plus, the zinc
10: came from the ground to begin with.
0: Right. Thank you, Gene, for the call. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Don't pour a glass of water from the golf course.
3: If you're paying more than 14 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much it's time to make the switch to DSL extreme the nation's number 1 internet service provider dsl extreme is fast and at 1495 per month it's cheaper than dial up plus you get free spam protection a free modem and 24-hour a day free local tech support with no setup fees this risk call one eight six six two getnet that's 1866 the number 2 getnet or go to dslextreme.com This is Free
0: Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features include live streams. We have a broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can get the uh, phone number for the Free Talk Live Listen lines there as well, which will allow you to tune in to Free Talk Live via any telephone that can dial long distance. Uh, in fact, I'll give you those numbers right now, two one seven two three eight six two two zero. So for those of you without Internet access, that number, two one seven two three eight six two two zero. You can dial if you can dial long distance, you can listen to Free Talk Live with that new Free Talk Live listen line number. Now if you didn't get that down, just go to listen.freetalklive.com, it's always there for you. And have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? Well, you should have by now. He has 5 days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com to get your uh, your training and your free gun. That's frontsite.com. As we continue here, I was ineptly trying to say at the end of the last segment, it didn't come out quite right. Gene was calling in about the this idea that the golf balls are poisoning the water supply or whatever. I guess presumably that's what would happen, right? Because the uh, the suggestion was that there are 300 million golf balls that have been hit into lakes and, and stuff like that. And uh, so, my, what I was suggesting is probably a bad idea to reach into the little what do you call those things at the, the lake, lakes, ponds, ponds at the, the golf course and pull your glass of water from there. Probably, you know, most people aren't doing that. So, most water that we buy travels through water treatment processing well, and it takes stuff like zinc out even of if that it water.
2: Do- even if it doesn't, I mean, water, any liquid that you pour on the ground. It's it's pretty well filtered after moving through a couple hundred feet of soil. Sediment and things so like that. So yeah. even if you're getting your water from a well, you're usually okay. I mean, if you think about people who live on a farm and maybe get their water from a well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of animals urinating up there, but you're not getting animal urine when you take water out of the well. Great point. Watch it, it, out for that beaver fever, though. Well, <laughs> water tends to naturally filter itself. If it's a beaver pond you know then it's not really filtered so
0: so is this again i mean we had a great call last night at the end of the show about this environmental extremism just insanity is this that once again just kind of rearing its head the idea that this is somehow dangerous i mean because as you're pointing out there's all kinds of stuff in the uh you know the ground but the water manages to come out clean through it generally so what are they all worried about what is what's the big fear is it just to? Well, uh, I, mean,
2: I mean, I think on the scientist part, it probably is a, an attempt to get more grant money, and that's what it is. And politicians will probably use it as an excuse to try to create some kind of a, clean a new up, tax, uh, a tax, or or even just a cleanup fund, make some kind of statement that they're cleaning up whatever Loch Ness, and, and spend lots of taxpayer money on picking golf balls out of the way
1: <laughs> my favorite thing is that uh that uh, you know the sort of government uh environmental agencies will do is to somehow try to counteract what's been happening because those are the best cases of absolute unintended consequences disasters uh, you know things like that so we have too many mice let's get cats you have too many cats Let's get mm. dogs, you know, and it's just that there was an old lady who had a spider and a wiggle, jiggled, and tickled inside her. And suddenly, you know, they they, they try to, to solve the problem. And I I don't know. There's so many uh, stories of governments trying to solve things. And it's just disastrously funny.
0: The toll free number is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's funny until they try to solve something important like health care.
1: Well, or, or um, how about uh, bringing a, uh, a big tax revenue uh, sort of business to the community, to say a community that uh, that has really poor tax revenue. Yeah, like Pfizer. Yeah, it's uh, now this. This is a story that uh, was just incredibly important to me uh, at one point. You know, this is kind of the day for me that truth, justice, and the American way died, and that's the Kelo versus New London case. Are you you're familiar with it, right? Well, our listeners may not be. You probably should familiarize them. Okay. Um. So in in Kilo versus uh, New London, this there was what 2005. Yeah, it sounds right. Um. The uh, <clears throat> the private homes that New London, Connecticut took away from Suzette Kilo and her neighbors have been torn down. Their former site is a wasteland of field of weeds, a monument to the power of eminent domain. Private homes, by the way. Yeah. That have been occupied. For in,
0: generations. In some
1: cases, generations. Uh, you know, people... Uh, there was, There's a story of an old woman who had been living there It was born in the house.
0: Not that that matters. It's still your home, your private property, sure. whether you bought it two weeks ago or whether it's been occupied for 200 years. But it, it's,
1: it's, it adds more oomph to the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, when yeah, you've got a, a woman who'd been there for... You know, the family had been there for three generations. She was actually born in the house. Mm-hmm. And the government of New London, Connecticut, decided to kick her out. That's right. And because, well, the neighborhood wasn't... Just It it just wasn't that great. It was mostly rentals and, you know, it wasn't that great. And Pfizer thought that they might like the idea of, of moving there. So New London, Connecticut said, all right, everybody out. And this was a new step in the use of eminent domain because the idea of the eminent domain would th- that had to be for the cov- uh, public use well, as opposed to the public good. I don't know if
0: it was a new step. It just might have been the first time it was taken to the Supreme Court. Okay. Because for all we know, they've been taking people's property for private uses all around the country, and this was just the first time that somebody put their foot down and said, no, we're not going, and uh, and managed to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. Fine, I'll
1: take that. Um, they... So
0: that's what happened. It was seven property owners that yeah. uh, that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And in that time, they stayed in their homes. They were not budging. They were not uh, moving along. In fact, our friend Lauren Canario, um, who is now one of the, uh, the Free Staters, Free State Project uh, participant, actually living here in the area where, in which we do this radio program, before she moved to New Hampshire, she moved to Fort Trumbull. She moved to New London, Connecticut. She moved in to one of the, uh, the apartment buildings there. And proceeded to make herself a bit of a thorn in the side of the, uh, the government bureaucrats. She wasn't going to
1: move. And yeah. in fact, this is what the government bureaucrats were doing. They were dragging cops, men with guns were coming and dragging people out of their houses and then, uh, you know, they would get run over by bulldozers. That's what was going on here in America. I don't think anyone got run over by a bulldozer, but no, no. no did no. I say people got run over by d- houses? No, that's how it sounded. Houses okay. got houses run over by did. right. Okay. That's what they <laughs> houses did. Um, but here in America, they were dragging people out of their houses and then just bulldozing their houses because that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, this is right. what's going on in Israel to the Palestinians. Um, and I, for me, that was sort of the first link in the chain. I'm realizing, holy crap. This government system doesn't work. Well, wait, the so Supreme you... Court of America has said that this behavior is okay from New right. London, Connecticut. They found in favor and you I, you were hoping they would find against. I could only see how they could I mean it was clear, it was obvious language from the United States Constitution. I can read the Constitution. It's written in plain language and these people in right. robes interpret it in whatever fashion yeah. they it's, want.
0: It's not your interpretation that matters, it's their interpretation it is. and their interpretation was essentially that because New London had had said that taking this private property and giving it to Pfizer and these other private uh, private you know owners would be For the public good, in that they would get more tax revenue. Right, that was their excuse. Right, it's good for the public. Which, whenever they say public, whenever the government people say the public, what they mean is them. Because it's not for the good of the people that they kicked out of their homes. It's not for the good of the community in general. Maybe the community doesn't, you know, the 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 surrounding community doesn't want Pfizer moving in. I don't know. Not that all of that matters. But that was what the Supreme Court basically said, was they, they essentially backed up the uh, the new London city bureaucrats stealing mm-hmm. people's houses.
2: Yeah, or any property. I mean, you could use that to say the government right. can take any private property and give it to sum up what yes. else.
0: But there's an update to this story, and we'll share it with you in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. Style in toll free number 800 259 9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark, join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. We give you the features free. So enjoy those on us. Again, FreeTalkLive.com talking about the Kilo case. It's been a while since we've discussed this because, well, there hasn't really been much to talk about. It was mostly wrapped up a few years ago in, I guess it was New London, Connecticut. They, the government there, were trying to steal people's homes. They call it eminent domain because the government would never call it stealing when they steal your home. It's always a tax sale or eminent domain. Necessary. Uh, Yeah, or necessary taking. And so they were going through this process. The folks that owned the homes, didn't really want to be kicked out of their own homes, and they didn't want to sell for whatever the offer was that uh, the government had made them. They felt that the offers were crappy. And so they decided to hold out, and they decided to challenge it, and it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court backed New London, basically affirming that governments everywhere in America can steal people's property if they decide that it's for the public good. And it apparently doesn't matter what the claim of public good is, as long as the government declares that the stealing will be for the public good, then it's okay. So it doesn't matter if they're taking your house to give it to Pfizer so they can build some medical pharmaceutical lab of some sort. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They'll take it and they'll do it, and the Supreme Court says, no problem.
1: And that was something that, for you, Mark, was a real turning point for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, as far as, you know, I I guess... I understood that uh, Congress couldn't be trusted to keep the budget in check, and I, I understood that the president was uh, motivated to grow the power of his uh, particular office, but somehow I always held that the courts, and especially the Supreme Court, was there to keep the Constitution, you know, to, to, to uphold the Constitution, to keep these other organizations, other governments in check. And it isn't. It's there in order to secure more power for the government, perhaps a little more slowly than some other countries are Mm -hmm. doing it, but... I don't know that anyone can really, I, I don't know how much of that uh, you can really make the statement. I, I, I've i heard, I've had people claim that to me, that in fact the Constitution slows down the growth of government, but I don't know that that's true. If, I, For instance, I recently looked at the Heritage Foundation's list of most economically free nations, I believe the United States at that point was seven or six, and they were being slightly led by New Zealand, which I would have considered a socialist country a couple of years ago. Maybe things have changed over there, I'm not. I don't have my ear to the ground in old uh, Kiwi land, but okay. And uh, England was slightly behind. uh, Canada was slightly behind. Really, from a, a statistical standpoint, they were insignificantly different, with New Zealand actually having a larger lead than the United States had over Canada or something like that. Well, plus I consider you... Canada socialist. I consider England socialist. Yeah. Then when I added Sweden and uh, France, which I really consider socialist to the mix, they, they weren't, they were certainly signif- um, statistically significant, but it wasn't that much of a lead on these socialist countries, so... What has the Constitution really brought us? The, the, the you know, we're not socialist. We're national socialist. We, our government funding goes into the military. Okay. Yay. I mean,
0: the United States government certainly has a larger base of victims to extract money from. But the... U.S. government is tremendous. Look at the size of it. I mean, compared to other governments around the world, I wonder what the, you know, the percentages of you know, the amounts they take compared to the other government. The, the U.S. government is tremendously large. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about that. So has the Constitution slowed its growth? I don't know. So how Let's, can you tell?
1: Let's talk about um w- this this case that was so uh, you know moving for me, right Let's talk about the results. The Supreme Court rules that, in fact, New London, Connecticut can Wait. seize the homes from these people.
0: and l- let me go at a, a uh, let me just run run at this and see if I can predict what the results were. So the Supreme Court cleared the way. New London cleared the properties. They you know kicked those people out of their homes at that point. they destroyed the uh, the existing homes, cleared up the properties built brand new condominiums, they built brand new uh, office parks, and it's going so well today. Now there are all kinds of jobs that have been created, Uh, new homes are going up, upscale homes, it's no longer a run-down uh, neighborhood like it it once was. It's been a, a stunning success, all kinds of wonderful economic activity happening, isn't that right?
1: The former site is a wasteland, a field of weeds, a monument to the power of eminent domain. The private homes that New London, Connecticut uh, had were taken away from um, from Suzette Kilo and her neighbors have all been torn down. But now Pfizer, the drug company whose neighboring research facility had been the original cause of the home's seizure, has just announced that it's closing up shop in New London. What is this, three years later? Mm. Four years later?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is is the, the wisdom of government. To lure those jobs to New London a decade ago, the local government promised to demolish the old residential neighborhood adjacent to the land Pfizer was buying for next to nothing. Suzette Kilo fought the taking um, to the Supreme Court and lost. Five justices found this redevelopment met the constitutional hurdle of public use. What's the public get to use Pfizer's (laughs) facility for?
0: Public means government.
1: The Hartford uh, Courant reports Pfizer Incorporated will shut down its massive new London research and development headquarters and transfer most of the 1,400 people working there to Groton, the pharmaceutical giant said Monday. Pfizer is now deciding what to do with its new London offices and will consider selling it, leasing it, and other options, a company spokesperson said. Scott Bullock, Kilo's co-counsel in the case, told me, this shows the folly of these redevelopment projects that use massive taxpayer subsidies and other forms of corporate welfare and abuse eminent domain you know so here's the, here's the result people you want whatever it is that you want so badly that you're willing to use the government to get it you don't care if you kick somebody out of their house that their family's owned for 3 generations that they were born in it doesn't matter what you want is so important and then because the incentives are not set up properly in the marketplace it crumbles to the ground Certainly, certainly the businesses fail and businesses shut down, uh, you know, shut down operations in the free market. Mm -hmm. However, when you set things up with the government, with these incentives, you set them up to fail. So sad. It is. It really is. All these people's homes, all this nonsense, the the further destruction of the United States Constitution, all for nothing.
0: Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. These I central
1: how... planners, these, these people, these these government managers, these people that go to school to be able to tell you how to live your life, those people thought that it would be a really good idea to bring Pfizer there, and they were willing to do whatever it take, took to uh, get that to happen. Did. Think of all the families in the, the Fort Trumbull neighborhood that they tore down. Okay, now think of all the employees, because they were giving, you know, the Pfizer was given incentives to move here in the first place, move there in the first place, all these employees, these 1,400 people that still have jobs, I don't know how many got laid off. Well, they're transferring to a different location. Which... But they're transferring to a different location. I mean, do you see how, that's, that's a tragedy, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. The you know, their kids are being yanked out of school, put into other schools, all because the marketplace wasn't allowed to work in the first place. These people with these degrees that swear to ever-loving God that they know how to run your life. They're the ones who are qualified to run a city, and you better shut your mouth, citizen, because we're the ones that are qualified. These are the people that make these mistakes over and over again. And are they being held responsible? Are they they firing the city managers? No. No, no, no. We don't do that around here. No, then now we don't hold our bureaucrats responsible, and that's what's wrong with this country.
0: They're working on the next boondoggle right now, whatever it is. They're working on diligently yeah. on controlling I'm wasting your some, money,
1: controlling something else. It's absolutely infuriating. I hate this case; just infuriates me in so many different uh, ways. And I, I you know, I, I wonder how Suzette Kilo feels and her neighbors. Yeah, what's, other it, what's it like now? Pfizer's shut down. They can't even go there and say. Well, they took our houses to build a uh, you know a, a big company and at least they made the neighborhood better. You know, they, there's not even a success here. No. It's all failure.
0: In fact, the uh, the Institute for Justice uh, put out their own press release on it pointing out that the only thing that's that's left uh, the only thing that is left where Suzette Kilo's home once stood remains feral cats, seagulls and weeds. 800 has been an unmitigated disaster from start and now to finish, according to one of the attorneys for the Institute for Justice, which is the group that helped out the, the Kilo 7. Yeah, IJ.org is their website. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live.
1: On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. I love the British Sovereign. It's about a quarter ounce, which is usable for a gold coin. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $288. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold dot dot com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for twenty. So try to get as many as you can at once. Eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight gold dot freetalklive dot com
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll free to one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about it. Basically, what we do is we take that money in, Reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country. Bring more Internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and become a Free Talk Live amplifier today. Get perks like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, chat room, forum, Amp Only
1: podcast, and more. Amp.freetalklive.com. Intern in film and alternative media. The IHS Production Internship Program offers paid internships at production production companies making films, documentaries, online video programs, and more. The program includes a week-long interdisciplinary IHS seminar, a stipend, a housing alliance, allowance, housing alliance, and applicants at all levels of experience are encouraged to apply. Placements are available during the spring, summer, and fall. Apply for a a spring placement by November the 15th and For summer placement by february the 15th at libertarian internships.com that's libertarian internships.com so if you want to get in on the spring placement you've got just a couple of days as far as the deadline goes so get on it now libertarian internships.com
0: back to your phone calls it's thomas in california you're on free talk live hello thomas
5: hey guys good to be talking to you today i love the show
0: indeed sir what's on your mind tonight
5: well, I, I heard you guys mention the Supreme Court case about um, seizing eminent domain. And yes. actually, cases like that go back to the foundation of how the Bill of Rights is constructed in the, Supreme, in the by the Supreme Court today. It's called Selective Incorporation. Um, in 1833, they ruled the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to the states, and therefore you're not guaranteed any of the protections under them if it's by a state government. And then they passed the 14th Amendment in response to that, which guaranteed, which said if you're a state citizen, you're also a federal citizen and the state can't violate any of your privileges or immunities of citizenship or violate you without due process of the law. So it got tested in what's called the slaughterhouse cases where there was a bunch of slaughterhouses up the river from New Orleans. And they were letting the rough, which is all the waste products from the grinding up of the cows, all the blood and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just uh, flow into the river. And the river was uh, plugging up around the drinking pipes for the city. So yeah. the city's solution was to not just to move, you know, get a ban on, on the slaughterhouses upriver from the city or to manage the, the outflow of the rough. They decided that in the name of protecting their drinking water, they would see, um, seize all slaughterhouse businesses, that they would put them in an area um, built by the uh, city of New Orleans, and that the slaughterhouses would have to now shut down all their um operations and rent a place from new orleans in, in the in the area that they built and also be licensed by new orleans and that went to the Supreme Court and uh, after a really long convoluted argument on how states' rights are the uh, rights of federal citizenship are really state citizenship and if a state guy violates it as a state citizen, it's not really a violation of federal citizenship, and we're not going to define what federal citizenship is. They ruled that you're not entitled to the protections under the first eight amendments by um, by the states. And that is actually the continued legal doc, uh, doctrine today. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Before
0: you, before you go on, are, you're saying the Supreme Court ruled that mm-hmm. you're not entitled to freedom of speech if the state government oppresses your freedom of speech?
5: Yeah, and actually, as part of uh, selective incorporation, because we are an activist-oriented nation, despite how the media want you know wants to portray it, um, that's how the Fourteenth Amendment got passed. Um, what they did was start selectively incorporating certain aspects of the Bill of Rights. A lot of it you don't have. That's why you don't have the right to uh, trial by, um, to be uh, a grand jury accusation. You know, to only get charged by a grand jury in a, in a uh, an, an indictment of a serious crime. You don't really have the right to a public trial. Um, so public so if, the,
0: if the state constitution doesn't actually specify a right to free speech, then what you're saying is there is no right to free speech, and you're saying there's a Supreme Court case that backs that up?
5: Well, the Supreme Court case that incorporated it, originally that, that was true. And in 1925, they decided, hey, the, the states actually have to respect free speech a little bit. However, the standard is the speech cannot be um, inimical to the public welfare. And the state does not have to prove to any direct result of the speech being inimical. They can just think it's metaphorically inimical. It can't be tending to corrupt public morals. And they ruled in a ruling, this is Gillo versus New York, 1927, 25 or 27. He was handing out communist manifestos that advocated general strikes that would lead to the overthrow of government. They ruled that, yes, that pamphlet is illegal. Hmm. however because it threatens the foundations of government and the government has the right to self-defense and it can restrict uh the first amendment to that end so your speech uh, by what you could say is limited uh the fire in a crowded theater thing it goes way beyond that
1: oh yes you can look up yeah right a crowded theater is really a a private uh, business anyway and that's you know. It's not even an issue at, at issue. I know that people tend to use it that, that way. But you don't have freedom of speech on my property. You can't come out to my house and yodel next to my uh, bedroom window if you feel like it.
5: Yeah, exactly. That's, and then, and I, that's just common sense. Right. Uh, what you should be able to do is hand out pamphlets that say the draft is illegal, that yes. you don't agree with what the government says. And that was actually ruled illegal by the Supreme Court even before the, the Gilo thing. People were being arrested in World War I for that. Yep. And to this day, um, the right to excessive bails and fines isn't incorporated. If the state doesn't give that to you, you don't get it. You don't have the right to indictment by a grand jury. The public trial is only considered a right of the defendant. If he doesn't press for the right, they won't recognize it. And the press and the public can't claim the right of a public trial, only the defendant or the or the uh, prosecutor. And if the judge thinks it's a distraction, they can waive the right altogether. And it, it goes yeah. on and you on. You know,
1: if, if a judge can waive your right, you don't have it.
0: How did, yeah, you learn, they're, they're, how did you learn all this? I mean, because uh, we know that the government can do whatever the hell it is they want to do. That just seems to be what they're doing. But here you are, you're citing Supreme Court cases that, uh, you know, legitimize from their viewpoint what is the tyranny that they're, that they're uh, foisting on everyone. How did you yeah, find out
5: Exactly, this? and uh, these are understood as human rights. They were understood by the founders as human rights. That's why the Supreme Court needs such lengthy, contradictory, semantical arguments on why the dangers are present that, that, you know, gives them the right to violate them. However, your rights still exist. They can't bang a gavel and poof you don't have human rights. The only difference is now they can send men with guns to come and take you away if you exercise your rights, and that's tyranny, and that is exactly what the Bill of Rights was supposed to go against. And if you look at their rulings, they'll admit that, yeah, this right is important to protect the people, this and that. However, this outweighs it. However, the necessity, so they,
0: the doctrine of necessity, or whatever, where basically the state decides that uh, the state's interests are more important, as though the state could decide anything, it doesn't exist. But the uh, people running the state decide that the uh, their interests are more important than your rights, and so that's that, right?
5: Exactly. And what it's led to is the government using state and local governments as proxy agents for their tyranny. And a prime example of this is the the case that established this doctrine in 1833, called Barron versus Baltimore, where they destroyed a guy's wharf and wouldn't pay for it. The man who argued the court the, the, the case that the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to the people of the state, to state citizens, was immediately made a U.S. Attorney General at the end of the case. Really, he was, that, was his next, that was his next duty was U.S. Attorney General. He went from there to become a U.S. Secretary of the Treasury. And within three years of the ruling, he was a Supreme Court. He was chief justice of the Supreme Court. So basically what off, you're saying is
0: that the, when the Bill of Rights is just window dressing? That it's, it's nothing more so than... The,
5: well, the Bill of Rights was, what, for the first time in the, almost the history of man, where people were setting in stone that these are human rights. And there was an argument in the Bill of Rights about enumerating the Bill of Rights that we shouldn't write this down because the government will think this is our only rights. That's Correct. why they added you know, the other amendments. But, just, but now we've gone from these are human rights to the semantical argument about rights, about the government gives you your rights. Oh, thank God we have a government that gives you this or that right. But when you really look at the history, when you look at these cases, you see that the government has stood against the civil rights every, at, at every level throughout the history of this country. And what this is for and what this selective incorporation is for isn't just, oh, you know, oh, I can get some money or this or that. This is it, it, It's set up as a power network. It's set up as a control network. Whenever the government wants, they can go around your rights to take you in. You don't have the right to double jeopardy because they can. Uh, uh, two different states can try you on the same charge. You can be charged by the same charge by the state and then a feds, or they could just rename it, oh, you didn't murder them, you violated your civil rights, and try you over and over again until they get you. Yep. And then, as you guys know, this is this is consistently and constantly used on activists. And, and uh, what people have to do now, since the Supreme Court won't recognize it, is they have to ask every state legislator, every city council, just like they were doing Patriot Act-free Zone, is to go out there and ask them, will you support the Bill of Rights in its entirety? And I think that's an easy question for libertarians, Republicans, Democrats. And, and yeah, I think it would be a, a really good way to show, you know, what people's true colors are when they're running.
0: Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Very
11: interesting. I Hour think 30s. it's easy
1: for a politician to say, yes, I in- support the Bill of Rights in its entirety.
11: Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out, up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the 3rd hour of the program, but we're not going to stop after the 3rd hour tonight. We will be actually continuing. Uh, so for those of you that are listening on the radio, you won't be able to hear the post show. Uh we'll only be able to hear that. Sure you will.
1: All you have to do is go to freetalklive.com and there you can listen. You will only be able to hear
0: that online at freetalklive.com. Uh you can all go to listen.freetalklive.com. And grab the streams there for free, of course. We'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231. I want to just come back for a moment to a discussion that started during the break. And I want to make sure we have it on the air because I think it's important. We just had Thomas on the line a few moments ago uh, from California, and he said some very, very interesting things. He brought yes. up some Supreme. Thomas Court
1: is clearly a pretty smart and well-studied guy, and and you know, <laughs> um, I can tell you on the radio what you try to uh, generally what you try to do is to, to keep smart, well-studied guys off because it makes uh, the host sound dumb. Oh, However, I don't care about that? Yeah, we don't. We on Free Talk Live. That's not our plan, but it's pretty clear the guy's very, very smart and very, very well-studied.
0: Absolutely, and I'm actually regretting letting him go because I I meant to. ask... Ask him a question at the end of his call, but we ran out of time in the segment, and I right. didn't have it, and I, yeah, I should have held on to it. But, you know, it's, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Right. It's, um, it's
1: always harder to hold a, uh, somebody through the the top the news, of the hour. Right. It's just kind of, you know, it's a little touchy. Yeah,
0: I don't want to hold somebody through just to ask him one more question but uh but what thomas was getting at was he was pointing out all kinds right. of supreme court cases and uh, and how the you know the federal government just does whatever it wants to and that it's ruled that the 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 state governments they don't have to respect the bill of rights and there was all kinds of interesting things that he had to say yep and very very you know interesting spot on critiques about and presumably what he was saying was true i mean we we just take people's word for it here right and then at the very
1: uh, end he had solution, um, probably the best solution that he could come up with. So his conversation to me sounded like smart, 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 dumb solution. Um, And the, you know the reason the is solution is, was The solution is is you should hold all of the the bureaucrats, whether you know, all the politicians, whether they 're on the state level or federal level, is do you uh, you know ask them do you support the Bill of rights in its entirety or the constitution in its entirety and all and the state constitutions too ask them these questions like they do something right politicians. Of course I do. Bill of uh, Rights Sure. Blah blah, blah blah blah. Now you know that the politician is lying because his lips have begun to move. I mean, what about Barack Obama and his transparency in government? It sounded like a really great thing. They were going to have post all the bills online for 5 days before the uh, politician stole our uh, you know civil rights with them. He's a constitutional scholar. He must support the Bill of Rights. Right. Sure. Well, <laughs> the, the, the politician just says, uh, right. that, you know, whatever they feel like saying and they get away with it because there's there's nothing to it to hold them to it. And I'll admit the solutions to the problem of what do we do about overreaching uh, you know, big government that continues to grow, continues to expand, continues to get bigger year after year in an in inexorable way. There's nothing that we can do about it. Well, there is something, and I'll admit it's not the most palatable thing necessarily. It's the moving, moving for the Free State Project. You can ask the politicians any questions you want. And they're going to tell you whatever you want to hear in order to get, uh, get it out of the way. And you'll yes. never get, you won't that's get a right. follow-up question. If you ever do get to ask a politician a question, that's it. So do you support the, uh, the Bill of Rights in its entirety? Yes. And next question. Right. That's it. So you don't get to ask them questions. You are not the commentator. You are not Wolf Blitzer. You will not get that opportunity. Wolf has been well-vetted, and he will never ask them these questions. So what does the average person do? Ian, you tried everything inside the political system, uh, and you i tried everything, but what I tried was pretty ineffective. Very ineffective. Um, you know, basically, there's nothing you can do where you are. You have to move to where people are concentrated,
0: um, and that's here in New Hampshire. That's here in New Hampshire. The free state the free, state,
1: the free state project. Yes, I know that if you're in California, perhaps the winters seem daunting here. When we, you and I, Ian, moved up from Florida, I was a little scared. The winters seem daunting, and. You know, quite quite frankly, um, in the middle of February when there's been snow and ice in the ground for two months, it's not my favorite thing about New Hampshire. But I understand that if liberty is important to me, that that's what I'm going to have to deal with. You know, with.
0: those folks that moved out west were probably a little bit uh, frightened about what was out there. The frontier,
1: you know, yeah. the, the pioneers going out of the frontier. Well, you know, they were one of the reasons that pioneers have always moved is because government intrusion. They wanted something better for themselves. Do you want something better for your family in the future? Because Liberty, she ain't coming out of Washington, D.C. Or California. They kicked Liberty (laughs) out of Washington, D.C. and California a long time ago. And I'll tell you, she's on life support here in New Hampshire. I yeah, mean,
0: it's no easy it's no easy task what we're talking about here. I mean, just picking up and moving to New Hampshire isn't going to solve it. That Although, if you are in California, you probably will be feeling more free when you move to New Hampshire, especially if you're a gun owner. So there are some very tangible ways in which New Hampshire is certainly more free than some other places. But all that said, uh, there's been a significant invasion of people from Massachusetts and New York and Vermont over the years here to New Hampshire, and they brought their statist ways. They brought their their big government belief systems and ideas up here, and... So that's one of the reasons why gathering liberty minded people together here is very very important because we can counteract some of the things that they've been doing and that has already begun there have already been wonderful things that have be, uh, begun to happen here on the ground activists that have really been accomplishing things that I never could have dreamed never would have dreamed I would have ever seen down in Sarasota Florida which is the place uh, that I was born and raised I spent 26 of my year uh, life 26 years of my life down there and I never would have expected to see something from the political side like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, a group of well over 100 volunteers that reads every single bill – that is submitted. They uh, they grade them based on you know how liberty-oriented they are. Right. Things are uh, happening
1: here in New Hampshire. If you want to find out more about the Free State Project, go to freestateproject.org. It's incredible. We couldn't go through the entire list. No, we couldn't. And, I'm just you know, highlighting a couple I, I, things. People and, can poo-poo all they want. The crap that's going on in New Hampshire for liberty is ten times what's going on in their state. And give us two more years, it'll be 20 times. Yeah, absolutely. Give us five more years, it'll be 100 times. Do you want to be a part of it? Is liberty important oh, to you? It'll That's only, all. Really, the question right. is. It'll,
0: it'll only be that. It'll only be twenty times or a hundred times or whatever. It'll only be that with you, with your no, help, with you a, coming here no, and getting no.
1: active. Because it'll it'll grow on its own. No, if nobody people else are going to come here. whether you come or not. They really That's will. True, but they sooner with They're you. They're being active. Sure, I'd love to have you. I get what you're saying, but I don't feel I don't feel those uh, pe- the, 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 through a sense of obligation. That sort of negative uh, uh, reinforcement. It's not going to work. Look, if you want, if you care about liberty, if you talk about liberty, if you think about liberty, and you want liberty for yourself and for your family, this is where to be. If you're full of hot air, stay where you're at.
0: Yeah, I mean, somebody that's just talking isn't ever going to do anything about significant towards uh, achieving liberty.
1: When I well, say they can, t- they can try as best they possibly can, they can continue to spin their wheels and continue to see the government grow around them. Or they can do to something go go someplace where there's at least been quantifiable results when
0: when I say it'll happen with you, I'm not trying to um say it won't happen without you. I'm saying it'll happen sooner with you. We've got people up here that are in trouble. I mean, Kurt Hoffman is still in jail. He has been in there for over a month, and one of the things that he said recently in one of his letters, which by the way, you can read, if you haven't been seeing these, they're uh, they're very interesting. And in many cases, depressing and also uplifting and enlightening all at once. Uh, but he's been writing blog posts essentially from jail, and they've been posted over at FreeKeen.com. But Kurt and his wife Auburn are saying, you know, hey, what are you waiting for? Come on up. I mean, it's it's it, there really are the some of the best activists in the world here, and there really are some wonderful opportunities uh, both inside the system and outside. I mean, I never would have imagined. I, I never even thought when I lived in Florida about. Mass marijuana civil disobedience. But when I came up here, I knew it was an inevitability. I didn't think it would happen as soon as it did, honestly. But it did. It it all happened without even me doing anything. I didn't even lift a finger. Because the other activists just went out and they did it. And then they invited me along. And I've been participating now and it's been wonderful. It's just incredible what's happening. So 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Getting together with like-minded people in the same geographic location is the key in my opinion not asking the right questions of the politicians would love to have your thoughts at 800-259-9231 as we Well continue. I think that
1: uh, you know asking the not asking the politicians becoming the politicians is something that's working around here I understand your your love for civil disobedience but it hasn't been shown to be um, any more effective than political uh, action
0: well, I I see what you mean as far as changing the system is concerned, but the civil disobedience has been effective in that people have been smoking marijuana every single day with very little consequence in Keene and Manchester. So yeah,
1: they passed a bill that uh, opted us out of real ID. Yeah. They get stuff done in the political. I didn't say here.
0: they didn't. Wasn't I just praising the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance a moment ago? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And our website features, by the way, do include the bulletin board system. We've got over 500,000 posts there for you. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, do you hate to make those extra trips back out to the car to carry in the grocery bags? Well, for the last few months at my house, we've been using the sack, And I can tell you, I plan on using them for as long as possible, in fact, which will probably be the rest of my life because these things will last forever. Yeah, they are, will. Handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States. And it's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Go to Totasack.com. That's T O T A S A K.com. And get yourself a family pack today. Totasack. They carry more than you can. A lot more. That's Totasack.com. Now, we are going to be doing a Totasack giveaway tonight. But I will tell you, it is not going to be on our radio show. It's going to be on the After Show, which you can hear the extended edition, uh, internet-only version of the show, which you'll only be able to listen to at listen.freetalklive.com after moments after the radio show is done. So, totasack.com, go check them out. You're going to love them. T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com it will make a great gift for this holiday season for your loved ones. So uh, so we continue here. And by the way, just you know, before we get their critique of... Not that necessarily anybody was calling to critique us on this, but some people might think it. Oh, you guys, you're always promoting the free state project. Don't you have something else that that you can talk about? No,
1: well, I well, don't. Yeah, we
0: do have other things. To well, talk there's about. other
1: there's other things to talk about, but our solution to the the issues of of liberty in this uh, in this nation really are it, it is the free state project. But
0: I want to point out that my solution. That I support i 've chosen the Free State Project, but I think in general, the concept of getting people together that love liberty all in the same place is the solution. I just happen to think that the Free State Project is the most viable of the various different sort of similar concepts out there i mean you 've got that. the uh there 's the Free State West, which is kind of this competitive free state project that really isn 't even much competition. I think there 's maybe
1: Twenty of and, signers and dozens of movers compared yeah. to thousands of signers and hundreds, hundreds of, of movers. movers right. <laughs> I mean, they're out there and they're maybe worth mentioning. I'm not sure if they I
0: don't know much else what to say about the Free State West. But also, there's a Free State Europe, uh, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't even know where they're at. I, mean, I think that
2: effectively died off. I've checked their boards. Really? I, I started checking the boards a couple of years ago and they came up and the discussion forum isn't even like the message board is dead. They're oh, not well. even making any progress. Well, it was a good idea. Right,
1: they're good, they're good ideas, but the thing is, is it takes a little something to get things going, and if you start spreading out the liberty activists, so, you know, the people that are willing to pick up and move for liberty too around thin. to too many locations, then you've got the same problem that we've got already, which is liberty activists spread out too thin. I think that, uh, out in Arizona and the, uh, the Phoenix area that, uh, uh, Ernie Hancock, is such a dynamic individual that he's managed to build something sort of right there and get a bunch of dynamic people mm-hmm. happening. However, it's not really a project to move more people there to add uh, add to it. So, you know, I, I, I think that they're going to have some success and things are happening there. And gosh darn, I support them. I just think that the Free State Project, to me, seems like the best option. It's the I would have liked it if it was... Free State Project Key West. Yeah. <laughs> and Key West was its own state. But that's really the reason that um, New Hampshire was the best choice, is because it was already the freest state in the nation, and it's a state that gives its sovereignty rights under the Constitution that may be able to be of um, some use in the future. And, you know, th- there's a lot of good reasons why. I, the New Hampshire was the place. I didn't want to come this far north. I have been a southerner all my life. I enjoyed the warm weather. I enjoyed my convertible. I liked those things, but I, I couldn't see in myself that sort of uh, the, the me talking about liberty, how it was important to me, and then not doing anything about it because yeah. I knew that there was nothing to do.
0: Right. You don't want to tell your grandkids uh, later on. Well, you know, Sonny, I could have done. I could have. I thought up it was moved. a good idea. Yeah, I could have picked up and I moved. I supported but, those guys from afar. But I just decided that I'd, I'd rather stay where I was Yep, and do nothing. Because what are you going to accomplish in California or Florida or whatever? But I also right, thought I, Worthy I, of I, Mention, the uh, the seasteading, too, which is kind of another oh, that's right, yeah. gather people together in the same place idea. It's a little too, uh, the, for me, though, the seasteading's a little too, oh, I don't know, disconnected. I like the idea of living in, oh, I don't know, relatively popular. It's a populated... grandiose
2: idea, I'll put it yeah, that way. I mean, right. there's a lot of technical things. It's not like there's a, a seastead you can go to right now. Right. You can't. There is a, There is a state of New Hampshire, and maybe at some point, you know, if they can work out how to build these floating cities, modular vessels that can come together as cities, which they very well may be able to do. It's just they don't exist right now. So it's a thought experiment right now. Correct. You, if you want to try seasteading, you could... Try moving to New Hampshire first and see how you like that and wait for the seasteading thing to take off.
0: Hey, great place for seasteading might be off the New Hampshire coastline. I don't know. Maybe it'd be too cold. Right. By the way, Wyoming, no coast. Yeah, that's true. So I think I've named them all at this point. Uh, Free State Project. There's the Free State West. Free State Europe, which you say is pretty much dead. From what Uh,
2: I can tell from their website.
0: There's the seasteading thing and... That's about it, right? I mean, maybe there's like a free county project out there. I don't know, but yeah, there's some free
1: county products, projects, things like that. But counties don't have sovereignty. There was Paulville
2: too, wasn't there? The idea. Yeah, what happened with that? The uh, moving the wrong people together. I don't know. Some people bought some land. I think it got that far, but I don't know if they bought it. And built the idea was really cheap land,
1: though. I mean, I remember it, it was this is, desert land, essentially, if I right, remember right. So correctly. you can get land in the United States for an extraordinarily cheap. It's, it's not a real investment. The idea
0: was to, for them was to just move the hell away from everybody, yeah. right? I think the idea in the case of uh, coming to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project is to shift. Things in a liberty-oriented direction, and the only way you're going to be able to do that is by changing people's hearts and minds. That way, we really can truly have someday some free place that people can go to. People that are in search of freedom, and there are a lot of those people would be able to come here. At least, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see because I think free state is kind of a uh, you know a bit of an oxymoron. I guess and, you know, <laughs> How can you have a free
1: state? If if, if uh, the the idea of um, you know moving to some place that's so cold is is just too much for you. There's always the idea of snowboarding. You can live here nine months and go down to Florida or wherever for yeah, three. Yeah, there you go. It's you know, yeah. I mean, they do. They, these options do exist, and there are many people that are able to work from their homes or where work remotely. So these 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 things will work for them. You know, hey, it works.
0: All right, so I just wanted to present the other options that uh, you know are similar, somewhat related, but the 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 Free State project for me is the best choice. It's the most mature of all of the other ones that are out there. It uh, although the Seasteading apparently has some millionaires behind it with big funding, what's the guy the uh, founder of PayPal or something? I'm all like that.
1: for it. I want seasteading to to, to rocket uh, to be successful, but um you know, I can imagine I can only imagine what it's gonna cost to buy in. So I yeah. need to make some good money before I'm ready to do that and
0: it's gonna be the it, elite of the elite of uh, the, the liberty people. Right. What I can tell. At least I don't it begin, in the beginning it will. The
1: people that sit around and wait for liberty to be delivered to them on a plate don't deserve it. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if, you know, maybe they deserve it in the sense, in the moral sense that they deserve to be because free. Because they're
0: human beings, sure.
1: But did you work for it? You're waiting for somebody else to pull to, to get liberty and deliver it to you. And that's why I want to encourage people to get here sooner rather
0: than later to help us get to freedom sooner. That way, you're not, you know, just kind of coming on board at the very end of all the fun. We've got a lot, of, a lot of work to do here, and it would be a lot easier the more people we had here. And they are coming every every week. New people are coming here. It's so it's so exciting. All right, eight hundred two 800-259-9231. There's some not so exciting news coming out of D.C. We'll explain in moments. It's Free Talk Live.
1: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL, C-A-I toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to join Nick over at his website, freemindsmedia.com. You can get more of him, both television version and radio version. You get uh, Freeminds TV and Freeminds Radio, both available free to you at freemindsmedia.com. Plus, blog posts from Nick and his co-host, Toby. Uh, freemindsmedia.com. What are you guys going to cover on this week's show, by the way, the, the TV side?
2: Um, We cover inflation quite a bit, but okay. that's probably pretty basic for a lot of people who uh, who listen to this show already. Um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I'm trying to think that. of any other nuggets. Well, we tell you that fruit juice is as bad for you as soda. Really? To studies. Yeah. I've heard that, and that makes me sad. Yeah, Sometimes worse. I've heard actually some juices, even 100% real juices, contain more sugar. Hmm. So, all right, th- so all
0: of that coming up. Free Minds TV. Fructose, sucrose,
2: sucrose mm. all sugar.
0: Freemindsmedia.com for more of Nick. All right, 800-259-9231. That is the cycle CAI toll free line. Uh, Johnson just shot this one over to me. It's pretty disturbing. Declan McCullough at CBSNews.com, reporting that in a case that raises questions about online journalism and privacy rights, the U.S. Department of Justice sent a formal request to an independent news site, ordering it to provide details of all reader visits on a certain day. The grand jury subpoena also required the Philadelphia-based IndyMedia.us website to not disclose the existence of the request, Unless authorized by the Justice Department, a gag order that presents an unusual quandary for any news organization. Now, if they've been told not to uh, let people know, not to disclose the existence, seems like they have gone ahead and disclosed it because, well, we're talking about it. And thank goodness they did. Christina Clare, 34-year-old Linux administrator living in Philadelphia, who provides free server space for IndieMedia.us, said she was shocked to receive the Justice Department's subpoena. I don't know. You guys shocked by this? Um it's pretty outrageous. Yeah,
1: I'm sh- I'd be I shocked don't, I don't if know, I got it.
0: Right, I don't know if I'm shocked because we know that the FBI and other federal agencies have been authorized to send these secret subpoenas out basically saying, I know hey, what's happening." You, you know, you keep this quiet or else." And indeed, uh the subpoena from the US Attorney in Indianapolis demanded all IP traffic to and from us on one day, June 25th of 2008. It instructed Claire to include IP addresses, times, and any other identifying information, including email addresses, physical addresses, registered accounts, Indymedia Radio, social security numbers, bank account numbers, credit card numbers, and so on. So whatever info they collected on that one particular day, that's what they want. And Claire said in a phone interview that I didn't think anything we were doing was worthy of any federal attention. After talking to other indie media volunteers, she ended up calling the Electronic Frontier Foundation in San Francisco, which decided to represent her at no cost. Under a longstanding Justice Department guidelines, subpoenas to members of the news media are supposed to receive special treatment. One portion of the guidelines, for instance, says that no subpoena may be issued to any member of the news media without the express authorization of the Attorney General, which apparently the subpoenas should also be directed at material information regarding a limited subject matter. Still unclear is what criminal investigation the attorney is pursuing. Last Friday, spokes bureaucrat initially promised a response, but they sent an email on Monday saying they have no comment. So the Justice Department also declined to respond. Senior staff attorney at the EFF, Electronic Frontier Foundation, replied to the Justice Department, outlining what he described as a series of problems with the subpoena, including that it wasn't personally served, that the judge issued. Court order would be required for the full logs, and that Indie Media didn't even store logs in the first place. So screw off! And good for them. I would have. That's basically what I would have said to him: was f you. I'm not going to respond to this nonsense. Morrison responded. This is the agent, the attorney general, or no, excuse me, not the attorney general, but one of the U.S. attorneys, saying that the subpoena had been withdrawn. Around the same time, according to the EFF, the group had a series of discussions with assistant U.S. attorneys who had also threatened Claire with a possible prosecution for obstruction of justice if she disclosed the existence of the already withdrawn subpoena, claiming it may endanger someone's health and would have a human cost. So threatening this lady after they'd withdrawn the original subpoena to say, hey, don't tell anybody we withdrew the subpoena. According to the executive director of the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press, said a gag order. they said that a gag order to a news organization wouldn't stand up in court. If you get a subpoena and you're a journalist, they can't gag you. And she said that a subpoena being issued and withdrawn is not unprecedented. I've seen any number of these things withdrawn when counsel for someone who's claiming a reporter's privilege says, can you tell me the date you got approval from the attorney general's office? And then they just back off. So I'm willing to chalk this up to bad lawyering on the part of the DOJ or just not thinking. No, no, it's neither of those. It's just intimidation. It's not right. bad lawyering or we, not thinking. It's just we know we can get what we want most all the time, so we're just going to go ahead and send this threatening letter out. And, and if they uh, do,
1: what, what's the worst thing that can happen? If, if they re- withdraw it, then you can't take it to court and say, right. look, you can't send these letters out. They can do whatever they want. They're the government, and being the government means that you never have to say you're sorry.
0: I love how they're just trying to chalk it up to some sort of oopsie. Like, you know, oh, it's just bad lawyering. Or they weren't thinking. No, it's them being intimidating and scary and frightening. And knowing that they'll get away with it with most people. Luckily, this woman decided to check with some folks before she went ahead and bowed down to the state. And they said, hey, talk to the Electronic Frontier Foundation. They stepped in and they actually know what they're doing. So they, you know, they came back at them with with an appropriate response. And then they, they bought the Justice Department back down. So it is possible to get them to back down. It's not always that they'll win. But if you don't know what you're talking about, if you didn't get in touch with the Electronic Frontier Foundation and you just went ahead and, and complied, which is what most people will do, I mean, if you get a letter from the federal government saying comply or else and shh, don't tell anybody we sent you this, most people are going to be intimidated into doing just exactly what they're being demanded of uh, the, to do. So in this case... They did uh, marking this making this investigation more mysterious this is back to McCullough at uh, CBSNews.com is that Indy Media US is an aggregation site meaning articles that appear on it were published somewhere else first and there's no hint about what sparked the criminal probe now the system's administrator says that no IP addresses are recorded for IndieMediaUS and non IP addresses or address logs are kept for just a few weeks then discarded and they were looking for something from 2008. EFF's Bankston wrote a second letter to the government saying that if it needed to muzzle indie media, it should apply for a gag order under the section of federal law that clearly permits such an order to be issued. Bankston's plan was to challenge that law on First Amendment grounds, but the Justice Department never replied. It's the first time we've seen them try to get the IP address of everyone who visited a particular site, according to the EFF attorney. That is... It was a news organization was an additionally troubling fact that implicates First Amendment rights. It's not, however, the first time the feds have focused on Media, a website whose authors sometimes blur the line between journalism, advocacy, and on-the-streets activism. In 2004, the Justice Department sent a grand jury subpoena asking for information about who posted lists of Republican delegates while urging they be given an unwelcome reception at the party's convention in New York City. An media hosting service in Texas also received a subpoena asking for server logs in relation to an investigation of an attempted murder in Italy. Now, the attorney has written a longer description of the exchange of letters with the Justice Department, which he hopes will raise awareness of how others should respond to similar legal demands for web logs, customer records, and compulsory silence. He says, "...our fear is this kind of bogus gag order is much more common than one would hope, considering they're legally baseless." We're telling this story in hopes that more providers will press back and go public when
1: the government demands their silence. Right. How are you going to know when the other providers are giving what they're asked of and being quiet about it? How would you know? It's, uh, there's no way to tell. No way to tell. Who knows what kind of level of compliance they're getting? Who knows how many
0: requests they're sending out? But good for these folks for standing up and saying, the hell with your gag order and the, the hell with your demands.
1: <laughs> they sent this request to an aggregation site. This isn't even a site that puts out news. This is just a site that puts news on their site. So it's th- th- there was there is nothing to gain by sending this in the first place, which says to me that there's been a lot of these sent out. Toll-free
0: numbers 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. What would you do if you received one of these things? Bring up whatever you want. Comment on that or anything goes. Even in these remaining moments, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Speaking of SACL-CAI, they have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner right at the top of our banner column at freetalklive.com. That's Sacle, C-A-I. As we continue with your phone calls, Paul is on the line in California. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live the Nick, and Mark. All
12: right. Hi, Ian, uh, Nick and Mark. How are Paul, you guys doing? Good what's show.
0: on your mind tonight, Paul?
12: Well, I, I kind of been holding off on calling this for about this for a while, but I wanted to address some of the things about Christianity that, that you guys have talked about over the shows, especially last night. I, I guess one thing that is is often brought up is the idea of why would a loving God send people to hell? And my thought on that is that, you know, as as Mark had mentioned at one point, you know, hell is really just separation from God. And but then, you know, his second question was, why couldn't God create a, you know, better place uh, as an alternative? And my view on that is that, and, and this might actually be fairly similar to a pantheist view, uh, is that there really isn't any goodness apart from God. So if God is love and God is, you know, all of these things, qualities, the absence of him is the absence of those things. And so there's no such thing as a pretty decent place. Sure there is.
1: Um, There's there's the absence of existing. Um, An all-powerful God can decide, like the the Jehovah's Witnesses believe, and and I've got to give them a little credit for this, um, that you just don't exist anymore. Are you telling me that God cannot destroy my being?
12: Um, yeah, you could. I, I, you know, and hey, I, I'm not going to rule that out. I guess that's a that's a possibility.
1: Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know, so I, and that we're told that hell is separation from God, and that's what we're told over and over again in church because churches has kind of, you know, they've they've had to take this this Iron Age religion, this uh, uh, this this nonsense religion. They've kind of had to make it fit into the new millennium, and it doesn't fit really very well, and so now they say that hell is separation from God. But that's not really what hell is, is it? It's a place of eternal torment, where, well, the, where, the, wor- where the worm doesn't die and the fire isn't quenched. That's from Revelation,
2: well, isn't uh, it? I, I mean,
1: Revelation I think is those, I think it's, uh, actually um, where the uh, uh, Ananias or whatever was, the, the, it's an allegory that Jesus, Jesus told.
12: Yeah, I, I would view it as an allegory. I don't think, you know, most of what's in Revelation is, should be taken literally.
1: You don't think that the Bible should be taken literally?
12: Oh, well, I do, I, when it's literal. I mean, you, it mm. contains all different kinds of, uh, you know, you wouldn't take Emily Dickinson literally when she says, you know, I have a river, you wouldn't say she has a river because she says, you know, my river flows to you or, or whatever the, the line is. You know, there's p- psalms that are poetry, and there's revelations, which are allegories and visions. That's and interesting. I think It's interesting. You know, do you it's think pretty- it's
1: fair of God to put together this whole system where I have to figure out when he's being literal and when he's being figurative?
12: No, I think it just it Don't just you think that puts com- really don't that, you let that, him answer wait, no, your no. question? <laughs> don't you
1: think that puts the um puts puts the the translation of the Bible into the hands of an elite and is that what God wanted for his children?
12: No, I don't think we just follow blindly whatever some elite says. I think we have to examine it for ourselves and, and think for ourselves and you know, okay. we can we can interpret I but... say it's
1: all um just figurative then.
12: Well, you know, you can you can say that. I uh, and that do a I lot get, of it a lot of it is uh, you know appears to be an historical narrative from eyewitnesses.
1: Do I get thrown into hell now, for, for making a mistake? For this mistake that i that that you're, that you're assuming that I'm making? Do I get thrown into hell for that?
12: No, I, I think that you know if you ultimately everybody either accepts God, which is you know God is love and God is goodness and all of these things. Ultimately. People either accept God or they reject him. And I don't think, I'm not going to claim that I know exactly what the criteria is that, that, you know. You know, Paul talks about how people are without excuse because of the wonder of nature. And so that that kind of indicates that it's possible to maybe come to God just through observing nature. I agree. So I, wouldn't say, I, I, I
1: wouldn't agree with say that. that. There's two things. You know, about I'm not going to make a,
12: a, a rule that you have to say, you know, exactly these words, or I know exactly what the rules are. But I, I do know that if God is God, then He's going to be just in the end. So, so there's, there's not going to be a
1: mistake made. I agree. I agree with these things. Um, that what you're saying, I, I agree with. I believe that God's a good guy and He's out there, you know, swinging for me and wants good things for me. This 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 God of the Bible, I just don't agree with. And here's the. But i uh, today I've been thinking about it. Obviously, this this uh, this conversation's weighed on my mind as it has on yours. And here, there's two things about any religion, but specifically Christianity is the one that I'm familiar with that really stink. A, um, just a whole bunch of evangelism. However, when you have a... Uh, and this is these two are wrapped up together. And the idea of throwing somebody to hell, in hell, that doesn't believe uh, what you believe. Okay? So those two ideas really stink. Now, obviously, if you believe that I'm going to go to hell, if I don't believe what you believe, then you've got to do everything in your power to get me to believe what it is that you believe. Otherwise, you're a bad person and you're letting me go to hell. And... um that very act that, that sort of evangelism, imagine if, if if I was trying to evangelize you to some heathen religion or whatever, and how irritating that would be if that occurred uh, you know from lots of people in lots of different locations, so we have this this real conundrum: Christians want to be sort of normal in the world, which is a very unchristian like thing to be, normal. <laughs> and and they want to have friends. However, what you've got to be like is, honestly, you've got to be like John the Baptist, dude. You've got to be out there trying to convert everyone every single moment of the day because don't you realize they're going to burn in hell for all eternity?
0: Well, wait, now are you saying that,
1: Mark, because that's what the, the fundamentalists believe? <laughs> Christianity? <laughs> Sorry, that's that, that that's the game we're playing by here. That's what Christianity is, by and large.
12: Well, I, I, I think that those Bible thumpers are probably more likely to drive people off than attract them to anything. So I, I, I guess I'd question the idea that that's the best uh, approach to try, try to bring people to God in any way, shape, or form.
1: But I can see why they're motivated in order to do it. If Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to burn in hell forever and ever, I mean, it, a, a good person is going to try to make that stop. And what I'm telling you is the two things that stink about any religion are evangelism and the threat of going to hell. I am thoroughly threatened by the idea of this going to hell thing. Do you understand? But my mind and my logic, uh, the ones that God gave me, say that it's just not possible. Now, that's what I was taught since I was a very little child, so it's di- very difficult for me to shed this idea. But I just can't, I just cannot believe that a loving God is going to send his children to, to uh, eternal torment. Try to imagine. Do you have a child? I don't. Okay. I have one, and he's the most important thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, by ten times. Imagine the most important thing to you, and then multiply it times ten. And then try to imagine that that child comes to you and says, look, I did my very best. I've, I've read your holy document three times through and the New Testament seven times through. I, I, I you know, In all my ways, I did my best to be godly. I searched and I searched. I just couldn't come up with the idea that Jesus Christ is the only path through and that I have to accept him as um, my Lord and Savior. Now, Daddy... Please send me to eternal torment where they're going to rend the flesh from my bones. Every moment of every day, over and over and gouge hot pokers in my eyes. Go ahead and do it, daddy. Would you be able to do it?
12: I I don't I I don't know exactly That's what That's
1: you your god, dude.
12: I don't think. Firstly, uh, I don't. I don't share. I guess you, you maybe had a real uh, fiery teacher. You know, firebrand it's hellfire It's hell,
1: teacher. man. <laughs> wait, there's, there's nothing in, I, on earth that's wait, even close to as bad as I, I hell. Wait a people, minute. People, wait hell. I haven't
0: been people hearing are, this from Paul. I haven't been hearing the whole uh, hell. The scriptures
2: really don't get into pitchforks or anything like that. That's all just. I mean that's essentially a it's pantheon of pagan hell. Gods. Wait a minute, Mark. Hell is the worst thing I, that, the,
8: that imagination hell has to offer. Invented
1: by the, largely by the early Catholic think, Church to scare ahead, people. I, I, yes, hell's bullcrap. Sure, yeah. but Paul, Paul doesn't ultimately, believe
12: that. I think everybody that you know goes to hell chooses to go there. I don't think you know. I, I think that frankly, people that would end up anyone that would end up in hell wouldn't want to be in God's presence. I mean, really, they reject. They would be in rebellion against everything that God represents. I but, thought
0: you were saying you know, that you didn't believe. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I misinterpreted. Maybe you're right, Mark. Maybe Paul, Paul does believe in you've hell.
1: you've got a great religion, and it's not Christianity. The only path okay. to God through you're... Christianity is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord well, and Savior. But anything else is not Christianity, Paul. You might get a Paul. chance to I'll do it you after you
2: die, though. Paul, I mean, you, you might be, a lot of Christians believe that you do have a final chance to repent. That's not what if, the Bible says. Well... Sorry, you can be.
1: play whatever game you want,
2: but the Bible's
1: okay. what Christianity is, okay? Here,
0: guys, I'll tell you something. I'm going to put Paul uh, back on hold, and I'm going to ask Paul to maybe call in uh, on our, our our internet line, because we're about ready to end this radio show. Thank you to everybody who's been listening tonight uh, on the radio. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, and of course online at freetalklive.com. And if you are online at freetalklive.com or libertyradionetwork.com, stay tuned, because the extended internet-only edition of the program is coming up in moments and i really would love to, to continue the conversation with paul so i hope paul you can't stay on the gcn phone lines you'll have to call our special uh, call in line at 603-435-1105 603-435-1105 will be our special internet only call in line we'll see you tomorrow night radio listeners uh, internet show coming up in moments
7: you're listening to the live internet edition of free talk live brought to you by amp.freetalklive.com no FCC licensed stations means zero censorship. Call in at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. Therapy switch call 182.
0: Do have This is the extended edition of Free Talk Live. Internet only. Which means, ah, true freedom. Of say whatever you want to say, whatever the flip you want or the fuck you want. It's up to you. Uh, you may uh, take control of the internet waves. I think they're, they're waves on the internet. Everything's a wave, right?
1: Yeah, a yeah, yeah. oscilloscope kind of thing.
0: Six zero three four three five eleven zero five is the number. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. We do have a call on the line. Let's I don't know Paul. who it is. It may be Paul. Pull him up. We will do that here, and of course, uh, if you're listening to us at libertyradionetwork.com, uh, that's great, or freetalklive.com. Either way will work. Paul, you are with us, or maybe Paul. I don't know who you are. Who is this? It's Paul. Okay, okay it, is, it is Paul from California. Now, so, Paul, wait, 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 wait. Mark, you went you on got a, a... reset? A, 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 well, well, I just no, want to apologize. No, you,
1: uh, all right, fine. Paul. I hate yep. Christianity as I understand it from my childhood, and i 'm really sorry if it comes across like i 'm being angry at you because i 'm not it's just no, I understand no problem extraordinarily difficult subject for me to talk about because I think that the that a religion of of peace of freedom of personal responsibility. Has been turned into a religion of, of guilt of uh, you know uh, the inability to think for oneself the the stifling of uh, of people thinking for oneself. And that it's it's really become uh, a religion of sheep. Okay. Now, what
0: I want to do I, is have you – you can respond to that, Paul, but I wanted to also have you uh, explain what your viewpoint is. Because when I was listening to you earlier, I certainly did not hear the standard Christian viewpoint. You started talking about what you thought hell was, and I wanted to have you expound upon that. So answer whatever – answer, Mark, or, and then go go there if you don't mind.
12: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, to what Mark said, I don't disagree with him. I mean, I think in many cases Christianity has been perverted, and I, you know, I encourage him to think about Christianity in terms of what Christ preached and not necessarily what you know a pope said or you know what what necessarily you'd see from a hardcore right wing you know Bible thumper these days. I like uh, now, and it's
1: I, 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 I like what Jesus says by and large. The one thing that bothers me about Jesus, so this is the thing that that makes me angry at him, is if he is indeed God, and and I don't think he is. He wasn't really proclaimed God until the Council of Nicaea came around, and that's like 250 A.D. But you know, if he was in fact God, and we're I'm just accepting that Jesus is God, the imaginary state that Jesus is God, and he didn't. Have the foresight, which God does have that, you know, he's omniscient and everything, to say, write some stuff himself down and hide it someplace where we could find it. Or perhaps come 2,000 years later when somebody could have, oh, I don't know, videotaped his ass, you know, something like that. I mean, to me, Jesus, just a great preacher.
12: Okay. You mean the idea of making evidence totally incontrovertible?
1: Sure. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of cool if you were God to make it so that you're, uh, that that the the beings that that you create, that you love, so you claim. (laughs) And you want to (laughs) save from hell, so you claim. And, um, that you would make it so that the ones that really do seek and really do try, because Paul, I've so, I've I've been looking very hard all my life for the truth um that when it comes around God and I'm probably not right but at least I can accept that. However, when it comes to Christianity, they can't accept that they're not right. So Paul, let me I, let, I go, go ahead,
0: ahead yes. Yeah. Uh you I want you to make sure you respond here to Mark cuz I've got a question I want to just go off in a different direction. So go ahead with what you were going to say.
12: Um, yeah, I I mean, I, I guess I would say that I don't think that it's going to be an issue where, you know, you, you end up dying and you get there and, and, you know, you know, it's some factual mistake that you've made, you know, oops, you, you know, you didn't look up this, this proper, you know, piece of evidence. And so you didn't, you know, get, get it correctly and you, whoops, you're going to hell. I mean, it's, it's more of a heart issue and a relationship with God issue than than a you know, whoops you didn't get you win the Jeopardy challenge thing. So, so can you tell me it's a, a nice
1: bit... religion you've got and I really well, like it? It's much wait, more like, like okay, mine I still than, than don't, Christianity is.
0: Okay. I still don't understand what this religion is. That's why I want to find out from Paul what Paul Christianity. For... Okay, can I talk to Paul now where Paul can tell me what he's gonna say? Uh Paul Okay. So maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention during your call on the radio, but I, I didn't really get it. Uh I definitely heard what you were saying sounded different from from Christianity, but you would call yourself a Christian. Can you just kind of lay out your belief system?
12: Um yeah, I guess uh you know, I I I I guess I believe in I would call myself a Christian, but you know, I wouldn't uh I guess it it's <laughs> the question is I, I guess I, I guess maybe it's uh it's hard to lay out exactly uh, on each issue. I would say that I don't think it's in it's an issue where, you know, as I've mentioned that, you know, you, you need to say uh, magic words and if you don't say those magic words you're not saved and there's, you know, it's a big jeopardy challenge in the sky. I think it's a it's an issue where people are either all people are either gonna be in rebellion against God or moving towards God. And when you extrapolate that out over, you know, eternity you know, I think you're moving in one direction or the other. And if you're moving towards goodness and love and God, you know, you can imagine where you've become a heaven-like being. Uh, and you can imagine the opposite direction. If you extrapolate that over eternity, you'd end up, you know, quite demonic, so to speak. So I think that that's, that's what you have, is you have a choice in all your decisions. You can either move towards God or away from him. And, uh, and, you know, then the extrapolation of that is what you end up with with heaven and hell.
0: That sounds kind of like a rephrasing uh, similar without the, you know, Christian trappings to what we've said on on the air about uh, the idea that your heaven, your hell is right now and it's your choices right now that you make that uh, will determine what your experience is. Uh, I mean, it sounds like kind of a rephrasing of that. Mark, is that what you heard there?
1: I, that's what I heard. I just question as to whether or not I really call, I personally call it Christianity. And, you know, Paul can call his religion whatever he wants, but then he's pretty much got to call me one, too.
0: So how does that yeah, become, I mean, how I, is that Christianity? I mean, what you just explained, how do you call that Christianity?
12: Well, I, I do believe, you know, Jesus Christ is God. Um, And I and I think that... There got is any, evidence God, that? That, you know. any evidence
1: for uh, that? Any evidence for that?
12: You know, I... I think that uh you know basically exa- you know examining the historical evidence in the you know the the uh text I, I guess I find it the evidence pretty compelling we could certainly go into that for a long period of time but do you I find guess, it, uh, do
1: you, I, I mean you don't find it strange that the the Jesus Christ her, um shares so many traits um at, as you know uh, so many of the the others uh, Mithra um the uh, Oedipus, uh, there's there's just a, there's a there's a huge lineage of gods that that uh, basically share a whole bunch of traits with him, and you don't find that a little difficult to believe. That
12: well, I, I think there's a couple things. Firstly, there's there you know I think the comparisons are sometimes a little bit exaggerated. I mean, you can you can do comparisons. I've seen some farcical kind of comparisons between things that are obviously unrelated, where you can still come up with a large number of parallels. And, but the other thing I would say is that, you know, truth is truth. And I think in our hearts, you know, the only source of truth is not its not the Bible. It's not like we have no conception or relationship or, or truth from God except from the Bible. And so, you know, I think, you know, God speaks to people's hearts over the years, and we have a perception of truth in our hearts. And so I think you end up seeing this, you know, the, the kind of uh, mirrors of, of the the, the story of Christ now through my heart
1: because just because that's true my heart says that uh, the gay people should be treated in the same fashion as straight people and that you know they're born the way that they are um, however the Bible's pretty clear that uh, homosexuality is an abomination what happens when my heart um, you know the the light from within my god the god within me says that gay people are equal to you and they are not sinful simply because of who who uh, to whom they're attracted the the way they're born what happens when one's heart say uh contradicts what the bible says
12: i think that's that's something that you have to think about and pray about i mean there i certainly have things you know issues like that you know i'm not there are things that are cultural in the New Testament that I, I don't think necessarily apply in the same way today. Um, you know, but I think it's something it's something to think about I think but
1: you know, Paul's that, in the New Testament when Paul talks about uh, women uh, you know not going to church with their, out their head covered and, and men you know whatever it is that they, they said, these cultural things that you're referring to, they really do list them off as though they're not cultural. and what you're doing is you're making an assessment, I would say a correct one. However, I would also say that um your assessment is really uh you, you don't have st- you don't have standing to make that assessment. If the Bible is in fact uh, the word of God, do you believe that?
12: Well, I think that the Bible is what it is. So you look at those letters from Paul and what they are is letters from Paul to so those churches. And so, you know, Paul, I think I have a huge amount of respect for as a, a person who you know, met God on the road to Damascus, and I, you know, I absolutely, uh, you know, admire him. You know, that's what they are; they're letters to the churches, and so I think you read them as letters to the churches from somebody that you know worked, walked with God and, and knew God very well, and that you admire very much.
1: You know, David Koresh I down in, think, I, I, in I, I Waco like uh, claimed to to I talk to God and and uh, to relate to God, and he claimed to also be a Messiah. Do you think he was probably the Messiah?
12: No, I I certainly don't think so. I mean, we have to you have to examine. You know the evidence, and, and pray and think about things in your heart. And you know, I I think that you know I admire Paul very much. I don't I don't like this view of the Did Bible. Did you notice how the, the early you find Christians find one verse that says something? And uh, just speculate, where you find one verse that says something, you take it out of context and you say, "Oh, this is God's truth because it says this in the Bible." Well, the Bible isn't you know a monolithic thing. It's a bunch of letters. It's a bunch of first-hand accounts. And, and I think you need to read those as what they are, you know, as historical documents.
1: Well, it's a, it's the unerring word of God, you sinner. We have some but, of the, um, We have uh, what, some very unique Christians that I, call this show, don't we? I mean, this guy,
0: do. Gene, the Christian anarchist. You can't treat the him as thinking. The, right. But
1: the thing is, you have to think in order to be a Christian. You have to you have to mold this document that is the Bible because you cannot take it literally because it is an absolute mishmash of nonsense. And so, you have to t- sort of extrapolate it and make it fit. For an intelligent person to be a Christian is an extraordinarily difficult thing um now uh you you do know that in the early church that many of the disciples just couldn't stand paul they didn't want to be anywhere near this guy and that's why you don't find these these people hanging out um do you think that i mean i do you think that peter was wrong in thinking that paul you know was kind of pushy and you know maybe shouldn't have been a disciple
12: well I, i guess i hadn't heard that that bit but i know there are personal conflicts you know between people i admire today i mean there are there are, uh, I know lots of examples of liberty activists or other people who, who I admire that for whatever reason have a personality conflict, and that's unfortunate, but I guess I, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't I can't attest to what you say. I hadn't heard that or, or seen evidence for that, but if it's well, true, then, you know, I, I guess people are people and it doesn't shock me.
1: In my opinion, uh, personally, I, I find it uh, reprehensible that uh, the majority of the, the book's um, in the New Testament, are written by a man who never actually saw Jesus, and the only people that uh, that that are able to corroborate his story actually worked for him. So he, you know, he's he's they're on the payroll of this guy, and you know, he suddenly wants to be important. Okay, but uh, you know, there's a new religion coming around, and there's lots of different ways of of. Uh, practicing this religion and different people believe different things and so for hundreds of years some people believe that Jesus was a prophet some people believe he's god and you know that's to me it's just all so wishy-washy and very difficult for me to just accept as true do you do you, do you get that
12: yeah i i guess uh, are you still there yeah yeah, yeah we're, right right. we're right here we're not going to I, I you, got man? a got a weird weird sound from my phone okay. um yeah i i, I think that you know, you have to examine the evidence, and I, you know, I basically, I, I've seen, uh, you know, there, are, there are documents from very early, you know, first century that that contain fragments of scripture, and I guess I, you know, based on the evidence that I've looked at with the, you know, the documentation and the references to Christ, otherwise, you know, I, I think that the, that the gospel accounts are more or less true. You know, they're they're honest accounts from eyewitnesses. Now, you know, obviously. You know, as any policeman person will tell you. They're, they're not
1: honest, honest accounts from eyewitnesses. No, no. They're written significantly uh- later by people that have talked to the eyewitnesses or talked to people who've talked to the eyewitnesses. None of these documents can be proven that they were actually written by the people that, um, you know, that, that, that had the experience. And if so, they've passed from hand to hand to hand over 2,000 years with no clear, distinct, uh, you know, sort of, uh, record of who had what and who might have changed things over time you know that's another thing that's very well it it, it it makes it hard to believe these stories
12: well you know i think you compare them through the through time and you compare the earliest copies and they and change you Compare the dead, dead sea scrolls they're very they're, they're remarkably similar i mean look it you know it's not absolutely the dead sea I, I scrolls mean, I mean, I mean, there, were written by the, word for word
1: the but, dead sea scrolls you're, were you're, hidden the, by a group of heretics that didn't believe that jesus was god
12: Sure, but you know they they compare remarkably well with this, what we have now. I, I guess you know if you look at the
1: evidence, you know that you, you know that, that you're saying first, that because some preacher it, told right? you that, right? You're saying that because some preacher no, told I you have. that.
12: No, I've done the. No, I, I really have done the, the done research. I, I mean, I'm not going to claim to be the supreme expert of the world, but I've done quite a bit of research on it. I've talked to people who have said, who have claimed
1: to to look over these documents and say that there is a a surprising disparity between some of these older documents. So, I mean, there are people that have done the research and probably done more, just guessing, than you, and they say the opposite of what you're saying.
12: Well, you know, a lot of people on this issue have an axe to grind, so I think it's a good reason to do a a lot of research, (laughs) I guess. What what
0: I've seen... Were you born into a Christian home? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I'm just sitting back here listening to all this as someone who has not done any research, and I'm thinking... What are you talking about? Why do I have to do any of this research? I because mean, you're going to go to hell. No, <laughs> he doesn't believe that, though. Like you don't even believe that you're going to go to hell. What you'd said to me earlier is you're either moving toward God or you're moving away from God, and uh, you know, for you, there's not really much more that 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 matters. So why are you trying to do all this research? What are you trying to justify? What are you trying to prove to yourself that the well, Bible is true? I that, think it's you no, pick the right very, old book this or what?
12: The truth is important. The truth is very important, and I, I think. It's wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Now this is one of my God problems.
0: Is. This is one of my problems with uh, with with Christianity and all the other world religions is that the you know they're all based on this old book, whatever the old book might be. Uh, in this case, it's the Bible, and that uh, you know you you want to prove to yourself that uh, that this is the truth, you believe it's the truth. So now you've gone and you've done all this research to prove to yourself that it's the truth because you wouldn't want to be wrong about that. Uh, but what if the truth is really in Inside you you know, what if what if this is an old book that was the best they had for the time they had it of those people that believed that stuff, you know, that they wrote down their understandings of the world and the universe at that time. And, they, you know, they tried to turn it into allegories and stories and things like that. And what if it's not? you know what if it's not the truth for you, for us today, but what if it's just you know something that would have been true for those people way back then? What if the truth is inside you and uh, it's based on how you feel uh, about various different things? What if you can't ever well, ascertain what the truth is from looking at old books?
12: I think the answer is both and. I mean, you have to examine the world around you, which would include historical evidence of things. And you also have to think about things for yourself. And I believe that God communicates to us directly to, to our hearts also. So I don't think that you you can arrive at truth just by looking at the Bible and not doing any Is that a Christian view, believing
0: that – is is that a Christian viewpoint? And I'm not even asking you, Paul. Mark, is that a uh, Christian viewpoint to believe that God communicates directly to
1: one's heart? i don't I, I I don't think that it's standard christian standard Christianity believes that there's God and there's you and there's the Bible to tell you how to get along with God and don't forget to give money to your preacher that's standard christianity I, I guess
12: that's not been my experience. I'm not sure there is such a thing as standard Christianity, to be frank.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, well that's I've probably been to true. a lot of Protestant tr- churches, and and uh, you know, I think basically Protestantism and and Evangelicalism sort of they're you know one's a stepped up version of the other, but um, you know that, that they believe by and large the same stuff. And I talk to these people on a regular base, basis, but you know, whatever. Now, Paul, what do you think would happen if? Um, I mean, don't you think it's an odd scenario, kind of unlikely, that you would have been born n- into a family that already believes uh, the the truth about religion?
12: Well, I don't completely agree with everything all my parents.
1: I don't mean completely, but by and it. large, you you have a real advantage over the rest of the heathens around the world. Um, the vast majority <laughs> of people who weren't born into Christianity, wouldn't you say that that's that's true?
12: Well, I, I think it's the, the old thing of you know, I who much is given, much is expected. So I mean, if I'm if I if I had if I do have an advantage, then it's you know, it's, let me put it this way, if somebody never never you know heard anything about Christ or, or anything about God from or any examine any historical evidence about anything, um, and, and they were coming to God through nature or through something else. Oh, I'm not saying that it's
1: it's not possible for other people to be saved, Paul. I'm asking you, don't you think it's a strange coincidence that you happened to be born into a family that already believed what was the truth? I mean, there's so many families in the world that you could have been born to. However, you happen to show up to people that already believed that Jesus Christ was their personal Lord and Savior, and, and that's the right way.
12: Well, I, there are a lot of things. I, I mean, I, I, I was born to a family that had politic, their political views completely wrong. So I, I, I am willing to question what you know my folks believed. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happily willing to question that. I've rejected their views on. If your issues,
1: politics are you know? wrong, you don't go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, not, yeah, you've, got mean, a, wait, you've got a cultural bias, Did dude. he say <laughs> that you would go to hell, Paul? What's your view on hell?
0: I never really got that clear.
12: Well, uh, you know, I think that. Like I say, I you know, you you're you're either moving towards God or, or moving away from God. I, I'm not God so I can't tell you, you know, here's my criteria, you know, take like take like it or lump it. I mean I, I can tell you that whatever if God's God, whatever, you know, he does is gonna be just. So, you know, I, I, I I'm not God so I can't tell you exactly.
0: <laughs> but wait, I mean but I mean just in general, Are you saying that hell is some sort of separate plane of existence that one will be, uh, you know, banished to? Or what in your mind is, how do you view hell? I mean, can you explain?
12: Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that, you know, if you extrapolate to eternity, those who will... uh you know, Moving, moving, moving toward, towards God would be in one place, and those who move, are moving away from God would separate themselves and be in another plane of existence. So those so people that, that, that are moving economics. away
1: from God, do they do, do so over a series of lifetimes, or do they do so in one?
12: Uh, I would say one, but I can't say for sure. I, I don't know 100%, but I would say one. I mean, that's, that's, that's my, my view, but it could be Does wrong. Does
1: one move towards God by doing good works?
12: I think it depends, yes, to extent. I think it depends on your heart issue. You know, your heart issue. If you're doing good works, because, I don't know, you want to just uh, say look good to other people and you don't really you know, care about the people who you're helping, then maybe not. But You
1: yeah, know, that I, I mean, Paul doesn't say that crap, right? This, uh, the Apostle Paul that you believe is so good, he says that you're saved by grace, but not through works. That your works are like dirty rags in front of God. Minstrel rags is actually how it's it, uh, it translated, <laughs> translates. So, like, what you're talking about isn't Christianity. It's a religion well, that gets people to, to, to act well. No, no, at, no act I, good, I mean, I think good.
12: that... I, think, I do agree with the idea of accepting Christ, and I think that, you know, you know not, that that can change your heart and help you to put, you know, your heart to be in the right place.
1: Can you accept Christ and, so, and still guess, go to hell?
12: Can you accept Christ and still go to hell? Yes. Well, uh I, I mean I, I, I guess I would say no. I think if you
1: if you accept if you quote accept if you Christ, really if accepted Christ, things, you would, would would still follow him. I believe that I really have accepted Christ on multiple occasions. However, at this time I will say that Jesus Christ is not my personal Lord and Savior.
12: I can't I, I'm not God, so I can't say in your case. I mean if <laughs> the question is are you have a
8: personal for Paul
12: personal relationship? You have a personal no, relationship meant... with God, and uh, the question is: if you your heart has, if you have a personal relationship with God in your heart, and I, I can't, like I say, I'm not God, so I can't say.
1: Paul, I, I guess I would like to say. I'm, yeah, I, I'm sorry. You have a you have a cute little religion that's not uh, Christianity, but um, I'm just wondering <laughs> what it is that you called for. Like what what do you, what do you want to share with me, the heathen?
12: Uh, I guess I would say to examine the idea of the original teachings of Christ and, you know, not whatever some fire fire uh, brand teacher, hellfire teacher, you know, with, uh, you know, a lot of hatred...
1: <laughs> kind of Jesus told an allegorical you. story of a of a rich man who ended up in hell, um, where he, you know, it was so bad that all he wanted was for the poor guy that used to sit outside his house to drop to take a ladle and put a drop of water on his tongue. That that was the the most that he was willing to ask for. He was in such horrible torment.
12: Yeah, I, I you know, I can't speak to every, uh, you know, individual oh, allegory. I, I don't. Know. No, I'm, I'm saying I, I don't know. I I don't know the ultimate answers to everything. It's because, not like everything. Paul, I have everything here, figured
1: out. Tell you, tell you what, man. Maybe you could do more research. Maybe <laughs> the Bible is a bunch of crap, and God is in you, and God is all around you. That God's word is written in your heart. That it's written in, in, in the landscape. That it's everywhere, and that the Bible is just some ramblings of some nut jobs.
12: I think that there's a lot of truth in the Bible. And there's a I lot think, of truth in a lot of
1: they, d- things, dude. You can read Doctor. Yeah, Laura that, Schlesinger's books and find a lot of yeah. truth in them. I mean, yeah,
12: no, I I do think that the gospel accounts are, and I and like I say, I, I was going to say when we were discussing the evidence, there really is. I mean, if compare the evidence to the evidence for, say, Cleopatra or Alexander the Great or any of these figures that we take unquestioningly. It's it's there's a mountain of evidence for Christ compared to that. Now. Now, honest, people obviously will will take it with a lot. You know, look at it a lot more critically because it's making some. You know, claims. There's, a, lot, there's a mountain, somehow, mountain of so, so,
1: evidence. There's a mountain of evidence for Zeus and Thor, comparative to Cleopatra and uh, you know Alexander the Great and whomever too.
12: Well, there, there. No, there's not evidence for them as being real beings with with uh, that, that actually you know h- historical
1: beings Those well, are not, not if you not if you uh, look at it critically account. no there isn't <laughs> that's why that book is Those full of crap not dude free Look, many
12: historic historians reference Christ. You know Josephus.
1: There are many. Josephus. Whoa! Sex- yeah, you said you secular. studied, man. Now you you get the back of the class. Josephus mentioned no, Jesus didn't... Christ one time, and it is extraordinarily just... likely. It's extraordinarily likely that that was doctored, and you know <laughs> you it, man. You
12: guys are way past there's me right There's a half now. a dozen. There's a half a dozen other examples of secular. Really, I, I don't have unfortunately right in front of me. But I know it's hard. Uh, I I can
1: email you there there I don't wait, want Wait a minute email. wait a minute wait you. wait well, what, yeah. okay uh, now here I am on the outside again Josephus who Josephus is a historian that lived uh decades after Jesus died um and he took the word of some people around or in fact uh, of, of some people in the area that You know, put like one line about Jesus in there and in his uh, his writings and then and or his writings were altered by, you know, Christian zealots that want to make their their story make more sense to people.
0: What if Jesus is, uh, you know, no more of a God than any of the rest of us. What if Jesus was just somebody, if he existed, what if he was just somebody who was simply more in touch with the fact that he was God? I mean, for for instance, I talk about occasionally on the show, my you know, the, my pantheistic viewpoint uh, being that uh, essentially that everything is God and so therefore you're God and I'm God and everybody is God uh, you could say that the in the Christian religion they say that God made man in his image and so you know essentially that's another way of saying that everybody's just little gods basically running around here so what if uh, you know people have a different uh, viewpoint on what what they are in relation to all of uh, all that is some people believe you know we've talked to christians that they believe they're completely separate from god okay well then that's your belief system. But if other people believe that they actually are a part of God, and other people actually you know believe that they can do more than the average person with this sort of uh, set of powers, if you will, what if Jesus was just somebody who had you know gotten a clue more so than most of the people around at that time, and what if he'd gotten in touch to you know to some point where he could actually perform miracles because he believed that he could? What if he wasn't any different from the Buddha or you know Muhammad? or some other some other you know past characters that we've been basically introduced to over over the years, what if he was just somebody who was a little bit more linked than the average person because he just got it better?
12: Well, he did claim to be God so he he, he was definitely a uh, psycho or a some nut job of some kind i'm if, God if, you know in addition to that paul <laughs> I'm God <laughs> if. He- yeah, I, I mean, uh, you can if you want to examine the evidence and conclude that that he was just a psycho nut job. You can. I guess that's not what I find. Is that but,
0: what I just said? No, no, that's not what I said. What I no, said no, no. was what, what
12: I'm if, saying is I understand. I'm just saying he 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 did claim to be God. So you know, I guess on a that's what you'd be named, that's what you would be
0: told today if you said you were God today. Then you would be looked at as a psycho nutjob. I I understand that, which is why it's easier to cover it with everyone is God. That way, when you say I'm God, you can also say you're God too, and so are you, and so are you. So everybody is is God. Um, but you know, is it is it possible that what you're saying is, or that not what you're saying is, but is it possible in your mind that Jesus is no more of a, of of a son of God, if you will, than you are?
12: Oh, you mean you mean that when he said he was God, he was only saying that he was, you know, a god or something like that. I guess is
1: what he, he said what that thinking. he is the son Sorry. of son of man. Then he said he was the son of God. I'm the son of God. You know, I mean.
12: He also you know, said, no one comes to the Father but by me. So, <laughs> Look, I, mean, it, I don't it,
1: believe he said it. It's no, relationship. That's, that's the thing, is I don't <laughs> believe he said it. You're um, taking their the word for it. The oldest documents that we have are hundreds of years older than Jesus is speaking. You can say something tonight, I can go in and alter it, and suddenly it's changed. I don't need hundreds of years to alter something. I need moments.
0: Yeah, I mean, what you're you're taking for granted, Paul, is that what you believe he said was actually said, and you're going based on an old book. So you don't really know what he said. You weren't there.
12: Well, there there are many you know fragments that were found that date to 70 A.D. I mean, they were talking about you know decades. You know, they're as far away as on papyrus, as far away as Egypt. I mean, there are a lot of of fragments, and they always agreed very well with later doctors who found so, these Chinese fragments if, if you who found them together? if you
1: found the national Enquirer um today <laughs> you would think that elvis <laughs> rose from the dead dude i mean we would have we have the new jesus his name is elvis aaron presley i mean he died he came back what do you need he's he's the king baby it says right there
0: that's a great point
1: mark yeah well, i mean, I mean it's, he's the new Jesus, but, man. So somebody went around
0: and grabbed some fragments and some scraps from around the world, and they put it all together, and you believe what they said, right?
12: Well, there's two different, there's two different issues. The issues were, 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 was that written at that time? And, and the, question is, the second question is, you know, is it true? And I guess the, those are two different questions. The, the question of whether it's true, uh, you know, I would look at basically this, 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 what Christ is saying, you know, match with what my understanding of God is. And also, you know, the people at that time, another thing is that, you know, there is no major religion now being started about, about, you know, Elvis being alive. And there were many, 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 many people at that time who would have been eyewitnesses to the supposed miracles that supposedly occurred in public where everybody could view it. So if it didn't happen, there would be thousands and thousands of people who could completely debunk it.
8: How
3: could they debunk it? It
12: would be... They I mean, said, I was in that crowd where that miracle supposedly look, occurred. And, if, uh, nothing happened. <laughs> if, um, if
1: if David Koresh said that something happened, his followers would agree with it. They would say, "Yes, that happened." I mean that's that's just how human beings are. They want you know these guys, Peter, Paul, these people would have been nothing in history if it wasn't for their association with Christianity. This was their moment in the sun, and if all they had to do was kind of you know alter their experience a little bit in their mind, you know, suddenly they were more important. Plus, tales get grander with the telling. Yeah, and you've taken well, their word I, for it. I would it. say
12: a couple of things. I would say a couple of things. Firstly, you know, what Adam Koresh claims to do wasn't you know, in, in public with a whole bunch of people. Uh, you know, from They were among his followers in private. And there are a, lot, a lot of the claims in the New Testament are about things that were done in public in full view of everyone. It would have been known to everybody that lived in the area at the time. I mean, you, can't, you might be able to claim, oh, when I was in my private room with 12 of my followers, X, Y, Z happened. But I can't claim that the, you know, I just made the, the moon purple last night. And uh, you know that that's going to stand up because everybody can see the moon. And
1: there are lots the moon, of so. miracles in lots of books that have been talked about for a long time. Gilgamesh is a is a good example. The the, the Buddhas, uh, Muhammad, all these people. Do you think that all these are true? Uh, I would I would
12: bet some of them probably are. I don't know. Uh, miracles don't. Ha- Paul,
1: do a miracle for me, would you?
12: Well, I, I'm, I'm not. I can't, I, can't, I can't do a miracle right now. <laughs> well, that's because, I mean,
6: that's because happen all they don't the time happen. By
12: anybody at any point.
0: They don't happen. How do you know that, Mark? How do you know you weren't there for any of this? Yeah, you, now you're both coming, to, uh, jumping to conclusions, Mark. You you're know, saying I, that... I
1: sounded just like Paul a couple of decades ago. I, you know, I tried so hard to believe this stuff. I did all kinds <clears throat> of mental gymnastics. I did. Uh, you know, it's it's really hard for a very smart person like Paul is to believe in Christianity because it's it's you know historically, it it doesn't hold much value if you do the research and you do it for with a clinical eye and you look over this stuff, you'll find it's just not true. But if you want to continue it, Paul, it's fine. As long as you're not threatening people he's, with hell, no, he's not, I'm cool it, with it, man.
0: Now, no, Paul, is it possible that, Mark, you're saying that miracles don't happen? I don't know about that. Um, I, I haven't been there necessarily to see one myself, but, uh, you know, I'm just not going to say it, not to say that I'm going to rule it out, but, but but Paul, again, it goes back to the point I was, I was making earlier, and I don't know how uh, good yeah. I am at explaining these things at this point because I'm still relatively new in this particular belief system, but, what if it is true that uh you know there were these miracles performed by these other men who were not Jesus what would that yeah. say to you
12: Uh that would say to me that you know there that God to some extent was working through them or there there you know I I I don't think that the you know only person who can do miracles you know that, that Christ is I mean I there so I think that fundamentally nature is supernatural. I mean, you know, I don't think that, you know, I guess it wouldn't shock me if, you know, Buddha in some sense, you know, if something miraculous happened associated with Buddha or something else. Um,
0: would that, I, I mean, what it, would that say to you? I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty amazing statement. Do you think the average Christian would, would make a statement like that?
12: Um, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I think that. You know, he was connecting to something spiritual, something related to God, or I guess, uh, you know, something else spiritual. Um, you know, in 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 that when that happened. Why, so isn't that, why isn't, isn't he God?
1: Why isn't he God? Yeah, why isn't he God? Why I, isn't Buddha God? Wait, well, maybe he is. Is he God or not? I'm asking him.
12: I I don't believe so.
1: So believe Jesus it. does miracles and is God. Buddha does miracles and is not.
12: Well, I you know I, examining. The history, you know, I believe, the reason I believe that God exists is not because of what the Bible says. I mean, I believe that God exists before that. And I agree, I also too. believe that God is, God is not the same as creation before even examining the Bible. So then my, the question is, does what the New Testament describe match what my understanding of God is, and, and does it stand up to historical examination? And I, say, I would say of any of the accounts that there are, it stands up and matches the best of any.
1: Well, you know that that same God of the New Testament is the new, is the God of the Old Testament and he has a great deal he's he's a bloodthirsty dude at that um in the Old Testament but suddenly stops being a bloodthirsty dude when he sends himself down to be um sacrificed to himself in this wow. weird zombie ritual. How,
0: how can you say that the the Jesus story or the Jesus text is better than the rest. I mean, how much effort have you put into researching uh, Buddhism
1: and, uh, you know, the... the and how Quran? can anyone spend their their whole life doing this crap?
12: Yeah, you could spend a lot of your life doing this. Yes. I, I guess I have looked into it to an extent, and I think that there are a lot of true things that Buddhism, you know, there are a lot of concepts that of truth that Buddhism taps into. I don't think that all other religions are completely false in everything they say.
0: Like well, you what? don't even believe your uh, uh you know your book is completely true and everything it says, right?
12: Oh, well, I I think it's. I, I mean, I as I said, I'd exor- examine you've it every You picked as I would a camp. What, what you've doctrine?
0: done, and it's all right. What yeah. you've done is you've picked a camp, and it was the camp that your parents were uh, were were in. You picked that camp, and you've started to justify your choice because, as Mark pointed out, you're very very intelligent uh, man. And so you've uh, you've you know done research to try to back up your decision of picking this camp. Well, did I pick this camp? Was it the right camp to pick? I believe it was the right one, but let me just make sure it was the right one by doing all of this research. And I know you haven't done that much research into Buddhism. I sure as hell haven't. Uh, you could know, research all the, right. the religions in the world. Right. You don't have time for all of that. You've got other things to do with your life, and I don't blame you for that. So you've you've picked your camp and you've made your camp and now you're defending it. But when I when I ask questions, you know, innocently, I don't know what's right and I don't know what the you know the truth about all those old stories are. Uh, I don't know if, if there were miracles performed or not. But per, presuming there were miracles performed by those other uh, teachers, then it would seem to me that there's an equivalence, uh, an equivalency to some extent between them. And that uh, maybe Jesus isn't your one true God. Maybe there have been multiple people over all of history who have had, some of them have been written about and some of them haven't, who have had various different levels of connection with some sort of level of an ability to perform such things and maybe all of those people were passing on great wisdom to the people that they that they were around at the time and maybe some of that great wisdom made it into some of the books that we now call things like the bible or the quran or the you know whatever the hell the buddhist book is if there is one book i don't know uh but maybe you know maybe some tr- some nuggets of those truths made it into those books and maybe a whole bunch of misinformation made it in there as well is that all possible do you believe that's possible
12: there are certainly nuggets of truth in other religions and, and misinformation what? as well. I,
0: what I about would, yours, I, I though? That, what about yours? I mean, it's easy to acknowledge mine's that. Mine's right. The rest right. of them are okay. It's easy to acknowledge that about everything <laughs> else. But isn't it true that yours could be as susceptible to the problems of uh, of mankind and adjusting things and editorial, you know, edit, editor editor staffs and things like that, changing the meanings and changing the message to in order to control?
12: I, I don't I'm not gonna claim that all common Christian beliefs nowadays are exactly right. I mean there there are I think that people today Well the Bible claims uh, that I most of them are, of are wrong. Palaces.
1: The Bible claims that most of them are wrong. Do you understand that?
12: The narrowest the path. Is, is that what you're Absolutely. To do? The
1: Bible is extraordinarily clear that uh, in Revelations that most people are going to be led, uh, to led astray. Um, that the Antichrist will rise up all over the place, and they're going to lead many of his children astray. And yeah, you got to ask yourself: Am I one of those children being led astray? Well, well no. I think
12: you do the best you can to not be. That's all you yeah. can do. I mean, look around. As long and, as long you're, you're not putting, putting people, in people, in people in hell, who, I don't care. You are being led astray. Uh, were led astray politically. I mean, <laughs> it's not a it's not a shocking idea that uh, a large number of people could be led astray in what they believe.
1: Paul, um, I, as long as you're not sending people to hell, man, I don't care. It, I think it's I think it's fine. You got like I said, a cute little religion. It's not Christianity, but it's nice. Um, and. Uh, you know, it's it, as long as you're not put it, sending people off to hell, that's fine. And really? you probably don't bother your friends about it too much either, so you don't have that other uh, weird thing with the evangelism. Man, it's going been on. a
0: good conversation, I think. And yeah, uh, oh, I
1: appreciate the call here. Yeah.
0: Paul, any other thoughts you want to share? Oh, no, no, I guess I would just encourage you know
12: people to think for, think for themselves, pray for themselves, examine their hearts, um, and you know, and look at you know uh, the Bible is you know as well as other things and. Uh, and, and like I say, pray and think about it and uh, and see what seems like truth. It's a really, really important question, so I think it's worth putting some time and thought into
0: Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-435-1105. Now that we've
1: shown how little we know about Buddhism.
0: Yeah I, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. my understanding
1: claim. that is, uh, as long as you know the four noble truths on the eightfold path or whatever, you, you, you're you on your way to Buddhism. But okay. I've only read very little of it. <laughs> All
0: right. So, uh, so you, if you know more about Buddhism and you want to share that with us, you're welcome to. Or you can bring up anything. We're here on the extended edition of the uh, Internet version of Free Talk Live. I don't and know
1: if we're going to be able to take too many um, calls on this considering what, we're, uh, what we wanted to talk about as far as voting. Oh, the voting yeah. thing. So, I mean, we can take calls on the voting thing. I don't want
0: to take any calls on anything except a contest right now, though. I want to give away a TOTASAC, a two-pack of the TOTASAC, and I'm going to clear out the lines, actually. So sorry to whoever that was just calling in right there. I cleared out the lines, and I busied them out while I tell you a little bit about TOTASAC. And then we're going to unbusy the lines, and then whoever the first caller is at 603-435-1105, you're going to win a two-pack of the tote Sacks you can carry in the grocery bags, just like I did uh, last night. Loaded them all up. I don't know. I had like 12 or 13 bags between my two hands and the tote Sacks. And all came in, one trip, no problem at all. And it's Really, the only issue is how much can you lift with the tote Sack? <laughs> how it, much it. can you lift and can you fit it through the door? That's really that, the I trick. think
1: fitting it through the door is more the issue because it, it takes what would normally just be you know be too much to carry, um, and makes it significantly easier.
0: It is a cinch, and they're so easy. T O T A S A K dot com. Go get yourself a family pack. I swear these would make great uh, gifts, especially for people with families. Uh, give them a couple, give them four, whatever. Uh, but you're going to get two right now if you're caller number one. And that's 603-435-1105. Wait for this commercial break to play. Then I'll unbusy the phones and the first caller gets the TOTASAC. More extended edition coming up in
3: moments. moment. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one Internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour... Hour a day free local tech support with no setup fees. Restriction Call 1 866 to get net. That's 1 the number two get net. Or go to dslextreme.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, extended edition, internet only. There's no toll-free number. Well, actually, there is. It's for those of you that are amplifiers. The amp lines are always open during extended editions. Those lines are always available anytime we're on the air. You can call those amp lines. Uh, But if you are not a Free Talk Live amplifier, then you'll need this number. 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. Now, we spent the first uh, all of the show. So far, this extended edition talking about things of a religious nature, of a theological uh, basis. Uh, We were talking with Paul from California about his viewpoint and how it's not really entirely Christian, although he... Certainly at wants least to not, believe it is. At least
6: not
1: what has become modern-day Christian, Christianity. You know, I, don't, right? I don't know. I mean, I,
0: Christianity as it is popular, popularly known, it was certainly not that. It was interesting. It I've was got to, to really work
1: on my uh, dealing with people, with Christians and love, because I have a very, very difficult time doing it. I, I. I honestly, I have so much bitterness towards the religion that I was raised in and and uh, found it to be so damaging to me that when somebody calls in talking about something that sounds similar to it, it just enrages me. i mean it it turns you know like the fangs come out, and i i I just can't talk reasonably,
0: so you are welcome to comment on the things we've been discussing or bring up whatever you want. But Mark, you originally had wanted to do this extended edition for another reason. And do you want to just recap that here briefly because we've already got two calls holding?
1: Well, um, the the reason that I wanted to, talk, to do about it is sort of to talk about voting over at Podcast Alley and see sort of uh, there's some things come up uh, with it. And I want to see what do our listeners think as far as Podcast Alley and its viability into the future? Do we want to continue voting there? You, you know?
0: believe that this month the
1: show that we're vying against for first place is cheating. That's I I I would contend that I would bet big money on you it. No I have evidence? Do I have evidence? You do not have evidence. You're well, just I have, paranoid. I have uh, a, a lot of you know sort of uh, circumstantial evidence. So, I mean, ev- circumstantial evidence is evidence. And for it is, all however, you know, Mark. The, I mean, I don't have any video of this these people right. who do it, but I... And, and for all you I know... Can I list my circumstantial evidence? No, I don't care.
0: Okay. Uh, but for all you know, the listeners of Free Talk Live are cheating on behalf of
1: Free Talk Live. So who knows? They could I mean, very well knows? be. You'll never you'll never know for sure. But what what is the question you have? Well, I guess, um, you know, they... This this podcast and I'm going to say they're cheating. And if anybody wants to know uh, you know, what my evidence is, then then, well, I'll go through and list that out off for you. But basically, whenever we get uh, over, you know, we get a few votes more than they do. Yeah. You know, that guy logs on and he he adds himself about 30, uh, six, 30, 40 votes. And then uh, and then, you know, we have to work our way back up. And then once we get a little bit over, him, mean, he, he does it again. What do we think we should do here? Should I just say, you know. Podcast Alley is basically a ghost town. Even though we get maybe 100 new listeners from it uh, every month, should yeah, should I just forget about it? This guy can clearly outcheat me. He can outcheat the amount of votes that I can get. I can get 1,600 votes, the highest we've ever gotten on Podcast Alley ever, ever, and this guy can outcheat us. So what do I do?
0: I don't know. I, I don't like beating people over the head. I just right. don't I don't like it. want to
1: ask the listeners day after day after day. It's uh, brutal. Going to going to uh Facebook. It's what Facebook. we did last month, and this guy wasn't our competition last month
0: at no. all. No, and it last was month was was a,
1: was j- basically a fair fight. This one isn't. Uh, this guy, you know, well, the, the, um, I mean, we not really know. believe it was.
0: Uh, anyway, but but every single day last month we were we were begging for votes. By the way,
1: Jason Osborne now asks for some of the evidence. I'd like to give it now since right. it's been uh, requested. Um, this podcast double feature, um, as it is called. Why are you naming them? You to, I, naming what? the competition. I don't care. Um, I mean, you know, it's our listeners. It's not radio people. Okay. Um, they came in 258th last month. They on Facebook they have 88 friends. Um, so they have clearly not shown any propensity for drawing people to their show in any other way, but somehow I'm to believe that they're beating the number one podcast month after month after month at Podcast Alley. Um, they're, they're no namers. You go to their website, although it's pretty, it has no place on there to go and vote at Podcast Alley. So their listeners. Must be being directed by them or they're cheating um, to go to podcast alley in order to vote it just there's there's very little evidence that they are in fact rounding up votes themselves okay and that's that 's what i've got I mean you know the evidence I have is it's some tiny little podcast that's figured out how to change their i p it 's not that hard to cheat is all you need to do i guess um, was all you would need to do is change your is uh you know set up a program maybe to uh you know change your ip uh, IS, what's that change IS, your ip address and then IP get a throwaway mailing address. and then have a throwaway email address and then bam um, or or maybe you're, he's just sitting down cuz he gets them in in bunches of you know three two three 2 3 dozen or whatever so maybe he's just sitting down and just doing it all at once i don't know but they're cheating from what i can tell that's my assessment. So your question is what to do about it. Yeah, what is do I do about it? Ali is Podcast Alley Is it worth it to pound my listeners over the head it's the for number all f- these votes for this guy who can still come out and beat us in the end?
0: I, I have to say I'm tired of asking for votes, and I know that coming up here at the end of this week we're going to be asking for votes every single day for podcast awards. A
1: podcast awards is significantly more important because I use that in my sales pitch. I agree with you. Podcast, I, I agree. I podcast Alley I don't use in my sales pitch. I say Free Talk Live is syndicated on 56 stations coast to coast and it's the number one political podcast on the internet four years running i have the little trophies sitting here in my office to prove it and ad rates are as low as 25 dollars a 30 second and this year it's pretty easy to try out
0: right it'll be great to win podcast awards uh this year because we'll beat rush limbaugh we're up against rush limbaugh this time around i mean we've been uh we've beaten the uh, barack obama podcast we've beaten the was it Barack Obama last year?
1: It was we, Barack Obama. We've we, beaten we George, beat Bush. George Bush. We've beaten George Bush. we beaten both the presidents. We have not yet beat the godfather of talk yet. Um, right. So I've, this
0: could be a monumental year. It could be not only our fifth year winning uh, the podcast awards, which, we're first of all, we're the only podcast that's ever won four, four years. In a row, yeah. And there have only been four so far. This is going to be the fifth what? year. So we would still be the only podcast winning every single year in a row. And we beat Rush, Rush fucking Limbaugh, dude. That'd be pretty great. So I just
1: got a question in here from uh, um, one of my, our listeners. Listeners and he says, "Did did I contact Podcast Alley? I did. I sent two, are not two emails to Chris McIntyre, who is the furf over there and the guy who's in charge. And the you know the complaints at Podcast Alley have always been that cheating isn't, uh, you know, that they don't do anything about cheating. Podcast- oh no, 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 that's not true. I've seen them take action about cheaters in the past. Okay, well, he has not responded." To me, on my two emails. Yeah, for and, all you know,
0: he's on vacation.
1: Who knows? And, and my uh, my expectation is, my belief is that Red Bar Radio has also contacted him. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So,
0: so I, the question is, what to do, right? Let me like, should Free Talk Live continue promoting sure. Podcast alleys Top ten. I guess
1: that's the 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 next question is um, probably if if Chris McIntyre doesn't get back to us in any kind of timely manner, um, you know, should should we? Essentially, should we go out of our way to beat this cheater, try to beat this cheater when we know he's cheating? And if Chris McIntyre doesn't go back and change it, let's say he'd taken a month off. He can still go back and change the results because the guy cheated. We are gonna, you know, we're gonna win this month if we don't do anything else. From the legitimate standpoint, the cheater is going to beat us no matter what we do. Should I just leave Chris? Uh, you know, leave leave the situation to Chris McIntyre to either uh, you know do something or not do something about. And you know, really, why why are we promoting Podcast Alley, which is by and large a ghost town? However, some noobs on the internet tend to find our show about a hundred a month. Tend to find our it's show. It's number through
0: fifteen. It. Refer to freetalklive. dot com. Yeah. So it's not it's not referring as many people as it used to, but it still is. There are still new listeners like, like it was 100 plus uh, referrals last or 100 plus visits last month and over 75 percent of those were brand new. So most people uh, coming from Podcast Alley are brand new listeners. Yeah. To the show. So I, for one, don't want to just throw that away. But at the same time, I don't think it's worth begging every
1: single night for. Yeah. It's it's really tough to uh, to, to, to beat the the listeners over the head um, like that. And especially
0: you know, when we're going to double up and beat them over the head for podcast awards here in a few, you know, a few
1: days. That starts on the 13th. Yeah. Right. That's really tough. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you want people to email you on this, Mark? I guess uh, you know if if you've got any ideas, that's that, that's a good thing. Um,
0: Most people aren't listening live. Mark at freetalklive.com if you want to input in on this. I say it may still be worth a quick you know quick ask at the at the front of a month, and maybe a quick ask in the middle of the month if we're not winning by the middle of the month. You know maybe three requests a month instead of thirty. Or 28 or however many shows we do in a month?
1: I just, you know, if if we're not going to push it, then I don't understand, uh, you why know, I don't know why long. we push it at all, really. Because being on the top ten is still bringing us 100 listeners a month. Being I mean, on the, we've been number one for, turn your nose for up more there. than, uh, uh, you know, we've been number one for more than a year. We still have also, people, we another still have thing people that,
0: becoming amplifiers and things like that and, and finding this show well, through then, that then top ten Then why not be list. number one?
1: Because it's not worth
0: asking. I don't know. I don't. Know, do you
1: like being asked every single night to, uh, what, to vote? What do people think on this? Another thing that people can do is that if you go to podcastalley.com, dot com, there's a uh, down at the bottom of the page. There's a uh, a contact you know thing. And maybe if we send hundreds of emails to Chris McIntyre, he'll get up and do something. But maybe because all he has to do is look at their votes,
0: and he can look at the email addresses and see, oh, is it Mailinator or whatever? They, you know, there are various different websites yeah. out there that you can go to to get a throwaway email address. He could probably identify whether they were being faked or not at a glance. It's just the question is, has he looked? It doesn't sound like he has. Otherwise, he probably would have gotten back to him and said, "Mark, you're paranoid. This is all legit," or yeah. "Mark, you're absolutely right. I'm docking their,
1: docking their account, or whatever." Yeah. So. I, I don't hold out a lot of luck, um, a lot of belief that. Uh, <laughs> that he's going to get back to me, quite honestly. I mean, just you, what you're talking about with votes being Maybes removed in the hospital. Hapled, happened three years ago? Four? I don't know. When was, when no do idea. you think it happened? I have no idea. Were we here or were we in Florida? Couldn't tell you. We've been here three years. Probably three. I don't uh... think that site, the, the the Podcast Alley site got bought from Chris, so now he's no longer the owner. Mm. He's just you know, some guy um, who's maybe getting paid. Yeah, he's an employee. And I just don't think it's as important to him as it was. Hmm. Clearly, there's not a lot of maintenance being done on the site. It was well designed in the first place, and it's still holding up. But I just, I believe it to be an Internet ghost town. Their forums are not populated much anymore. All right, so we're
0: looking to you for ideas here. You can uh, share them with Mark at freetalklive.com, or you can dial in at 603-435-1105. Share them with us live if you'd like. We go to your phone calls. Ampline, who's this?
13: Alex in New Hampshire.
0: What do you want to talk about, Alex?
13: Well, I just won the uh, Toto Sacks tonight, and I have to say that uh, I have my Christmas shopping done.
1: <laughs> You're uh, only getting going
13: to be giving them to my family. You're only getting
1: two Toto sacks. You're not getting like a, <laughs> a family pack or something.
13: Well, I, I think that they'll appreciate it. Uh, I think that they're they're much worth it, even one. Is uh, definitely worth it because they're just the, the Wait a minute, you're gonna say, what
0: are you gonna do? Send your parents a TOTASAC? sack? You should at least send them both of them.
13: No, I'm gonna give them both.
0: Okay, <laughs> both. But, Each uh, of
1: you gets a TOTASAC. sack. Yeah, <laughs> I love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the thought it's
8: that counts, man. Yeah.
13: So now I don't have to go out and do shopping. But That's if the I thought. do do shopping, then I'm gonna go to Amazon. Com. Good, my- good man. Good <laughs> man. There. But uh, regarding this whole uh, double feature, uh, whatever podcast alley problem, uh, I would say don't split up your resources. Uh, people generally only want to do one thing, so put 100% of your efforts behind the podcast awards and not Podcast alley. Don't yeah. try and split up. Uh, getting people to do things. It's much better to just... I agree with 100%. that completely,
0: but do you think that uh, Podcast Alley should continue to be promoted here on out? Should we just sideline it and say, screw it, let's just focus on podcast awards once a year? Should we not mention Podcast Alley ever again? Or should we cut it down to just mentioning it once, twice, or three times a month maximum, and then just you know just letting the chips fall where they may?
13: Uh, I think the the latter is definitely better. Just, you know, once... Um, at the beginning of the month, once at the end of the month, what is your number one uh, refer?
1: Oh, God, I'd have to iTunes. go look. I'd have to go look.
13: What is
8: it?
1: Likely iTunes.
13: I see. Maybe Maybe you should concentrate on getting your number one, number two, and number three refers solidified so that you can – uh, secure those and not have a, uh, another problem like Podcast Alley, or right. maybe even find an alternative to Podcast Alley. But uh, I think that it should be promoted, but just at a rate of maybe one to two times a month. Because, I mean, people, the, the top ten are featured on the front page anyway. Well, what we Google found- is
0: number one. I mean, beyond people just typing Free Talk Live in, Google's the number one uh, referrer. But, I mean, if we're talking about websites that are not search engines, uh f- here let's let's do the top 10. Uh, currently or at least within the last month at freetalklive.com, number 2 number 1 is just people typing in freetalklive.com. Number 2 Google, number 3 cam.freetalklive.com, number 4 freekeen.com, interestingly. Uh, number 5 Yahoo search, number 6 Facebook is number 6. Uh, Facebook is definitely something we could we could work on right Facebook we
1: can pay for and once we get the new website launched which you can see still at um, you know the beta at prep. freetalklive. com yes we will um, and and Ian is confident that we've spent the money that we're going to spend on the website then will we be we will begin to promote it further however I think the new website in and of itself is going to be a huge boon for us because it'll probably increase uh, traffic to the site by four times is what we're guessing
0: BBS yeah. is number seven the free talk live BBS is number seven number eight Bing, which I believe is a search engine. Uh, number nine is PodcastAwards.com. Just within the last month, they've uh, been sending us some views. Number 10, StartPage.com, our sponsor. Number 11, Organic Search. I don't know what that means. Number 12, torrents.ru, a torrent site sending us uh, some uh, some people. 13, search.mywebsearch.com, and number 14 is podcastalley.com.
1: God, I mean, they're way down there. Uh, under, web, uh, under search engines, I haven't heard of
0: 137 visits in the last month, 74 per, uh, 74% seventy-four were brand new.
13: Yeah, I would definitely put all your efforts behind podcast awards and on the new website. Uh so I would wait until buying new advertising on other sites until we get the new website up.
1: I agree with that. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going um, to wait. But essentially, Podcast Alley has been free in the sense that if you believe that beating your listeners over the head with uh, well, that's something just is it. free.
0: It hasn't been free because and it's been costing us every what single we found night airtime.
1: is if we don't promote voting, um, if we promote voting just a couple of times a month, that we really don't get very many votes and that our votes diminish over time. And so, you know, I mean, I wonder whether – should I continue to bug my Facebook group for votes? I mean, because I do that. I I tend to, you know, I tend to obsess on these votes and just not be able to, uh, you know, I hate being number two. Just hate it. And and, uh, so I'll go and bug the Facebook group. Hey, you know, go vote for us. I'll put uh, status updates under Free Talk Live's fan page or I'll uh, send – i haven't sent any emails this month to the to the uh, Facebook groups because i'm saving that for podcast awards but i've been I've put up plenty of uh, status updates
13: yeah you can just use the airspace uh the airtime to make money uh, that that'll be more helpful to you than than getting these new listeners. I think if you could fill that that time that you spend with podcast dot uh, com you could put real advertisers in there and make some money that
1: way. Uh, you don't want too many advertisers. Yeah, that's
0: true. We don't want to do that. But thank you. Uh, good suggestions tonight. Anything else on your mind? Uh, no, thank
13: you for the of sack.
0: Oh, no problem at all. Thanks for calling in. Uh, 603-435-1105 as we are rolling into the 11 o'clock hour Eastern Time. We'll leave the phone lines open here for anybody else that wants to dial in and share.
1: So uh, I've got an email about voting that I wanted to read. Um, about voting a- on Podcast Alley? Yeah. OK, um, this one's from Vito, who uh, is, did he just send this? No. OK, um, this is uh, he's got some questions and, and, you know, I think he deserves some answers. on it. Got it. Um, it's from Vito, who guy who does uh, the ad clippings. Thank you very much, Vito. He um, does the ad clippings for us for, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> to help me out so that I can you know, serve my customers better. Hey, Mark, FTL success in the votings at Podcast Alley is something I'd like to get a little more clarity on. I can completely understand how we are doing. He, he considers himself part of the team, and I think that he, you know, fairly and rightly so. Uh, we are doing uh, against others when you tell us, uh, but I still have questions. I wonder how we are doing in total votes compared to last year and the year before. In other words, how are we doing compared to other years? The answer to that is our votes have been diminishing over the over over the months and years. Yeah, there was uh, some time hourly. where
0: it was over 1000 votes a month every we're single month. We were getting 1600
1: month. votes at one point um you know in order to win. Now we're we've been winning with four and five and 600 votes in a mm-hmm. month. This month is not going to be that way because essentially every last time Last month it,
0: wasn't either. It was pretty busy last month.
1: pretty right. busy but it wasn't I don't think it got to 1000. Okay. Um but this month it's it's going to go as high as I take it. In that, um, trying to beat this guy, he's going to. It's all he has to do is sit down at his computer for a few minutes, and bam, he's got me uh, beaten. He's beating me again, so it's not much I can do. I don't have. I don't know how to cheat. So um, you got better things to do. I mean, it ain't uh, worth cheating I, for a 100. People. I don't know. I don't know that it, that I do have better things to do because I spend probably more time rounding up <laughs> the votes um, legitimately, I guess, semi legitimately, because I'm sure that some of my listeners vote twice and things like that. But I spend more time than this guy does rounding up these votes legitimately um, and, you know, than he does going after them uh you know he he's all he has to do is sit down and i can tell you i've yeah, looked I can tell and then 15 minutes later he's wham he's up there again 15 minutes yeah this is something that's really bo- bothering you i can it tell it does that. it bothers me so he says, and related to that, I was wondering if we're getting fewer votes or um, other podcasts are getting better about getting more votes. It seems like the last time you gave us word about the competition, it was about the Harry Potter podcast we were trying to beat. Otherwise, uh, the, the Muggle cast is just over. <laughs> I mean, they're not competition anymore at all. Our biggest competition, real competition at uh, Podcast Alley is Red Bar Radio, who I'm never going to try really hard to beat because I like them over there. That's another idea about quitting podcast um Alley is eh, red Bar can have it. There you go. Yeah. You know, I I'd I'd, li- I'd like him to win stuff. I I want him to be able to claim good things. I can already claim number 1 political podcast 4 years in a row and hopefully this year fifth year, our fifth year do I you know do I want to I I, I we like
0: red. Podcast Alley's relevancy is certainly waning. It is. And I think that uh you know maybe Maybe we won't be able to bow out on top, Mark. Maybe this will be our month to get our, our ass whipped by the, you know, the yeah, other... Yeah, I would like to, if I
1: leave, I would like to leave on top, and that's... But
0: it's not going to be possible this month because of what Alex said. We need to focus on podcast awards, not yeah. Podcast Alley. Well,
1: I can, we will win this month if Chris McIntyre does something about cheating. But yeah. if he doesn't do something about cheating, we won't win anyway because this other guy can cheat better than I can play fair, mm-hmm. a lot better. So, I, you know, I, essentially, I have to go out a loser there's no unless McIntyre does something to keep his uh he yeah. ke- keep his system fair um so anyway I hope you can include information like that I want to know who our enemy is in the podcast alley and that even um mo- may motivate more voters like it did when it was uh again something as silly as the Potter fans anyway here's um and he gives me the live read clips from uh, last Saturday which thanks very much so uh, you know it's it's just it's a conundrum for me I I do. I I am a marketer at my very core, and I see the value in Podcast Alley, but I also see that it's diminishing, and it, I find it difficult to, uh, to to sort of let it go. I, I'm kind of obsessing on it. Um, uh, you you didn't know about the the ACOs website that we can uh, look at. Uh, what know, have a the ACOs website put together my Mobile Digit so that you can look at take okay. a better look at the uh that who's in charge of what?
0: No, what's that site?
1: Okay, just a second here. Um, I'm going to have to forward it to you.
0: Oh, I've been there. I thought you were going to tell me so other listeners could go there. Is it like okay,
1: a secret thing or what? A I A E O K O S dot O-R-G, ACOS, A-E-O-K-O-S dot O-R-G, and then you can go there, and he has a little ranking thing for uh, uh, for us, and it's, you know. It's it's easier to see what's going on a Podcast Alley. I,
0: I wouldn't be uh, too concerned about all this. I mean, to me, it seems like it's no big deal if you don't win a Podcast Alley because, again, you're only talking about 100-something visitors a month. And it really so. seems
1: like that's pretty much it. Um, I, I don't use it from a sales standpoint. Really, what we're talking about is how many listeners do we get? We It's get just
0: your personal thing, Mark. I mean, it's like your But our mission.
1: listenership has been diminishing on the podcast uh, by a small amount over time. And I'm wondering, you know, you recently, you relatively recently, about the same time, that you stopped Google AdWords because we were doing the new website and, and you know, monetarily speaking. So – you know, do I want? And people just tend to go away after time. You know, they hear the message of liberty, they get it, they understand, and, mm-hmm. and then you know, Free Talk Live is, uh, you know, the the show is. Uh, listen to this outrageous news story. It's awful. Can you believe it? These bureaucrats are terrible. I know what the answer is. The answer is liberty, and if you want liberty, you need to move to the Free State Project. That's Free Talk Live over and over and over again. And, you know, Ian, you're a shithead. Mark, you're an asshole. I mean, that's that's the show. Once you've heard it, uh, you know, for some people can find it very entertaining and have been listening for years. I'm However,
0: entertained. I'm still doing it after seven years. <laughs>
1: you know, so other people, they, you know, they I wouldn't they be too worried it, about on. it,
0: Mark. I mean, you're right. Uh, the Free Talk Live advertising budget has shifted into web development. Yeah, that is, is true. Um, and we can shift it back here after the web development is done, and it's getting close. Prep.freetalklive.com It's getting close. looking pretty Thank good. Goodness. If you haven't been over there, head on over and uh, open up an account and, and you know help us
1: beta test it. Yep. Uh, if it's not by, done by the end of the year, I'm going on a killing spree. You're going to start with Johnson? I don't know who I'm going to start with. I'll, I'll find okay. something. <laughs> I see their accounts over the DBS. I look at them
0: but uh, but i wouldn't be too concerned uh the we're no longer also hosting the all of our files over at libson so that's something that through the uh, the download well. That much off is true well. but i
1: i understand but that doesn't it does not explain the diminishment i look i have been looking at since the um since basically the beginning of june and since the beginning of june our listenership has has diminished i'm not saying it's diminished greatly but it's probably about you know, Eight percent drop since then, um, in that time frame, and it's been really more in the last few months than than really just June. But um, yeah, that, that's been happening. I don't think it's because we're doing bad shows. Um, I think it's because the advertising budget has shifted. It's. I okay, mean, that seems that's clear probably to me. it.
0: So what? You know, what's the big deal? Why are we
1: even talking about it? Well, because free advertising right now is the only kind of advertising I'm getting to keep my numbers up.
0: You're talking about it as a a reason to keep doing podcast tally is what you're saying. Yeah. I see. Well, like I, like Alex said, I think that uh, we I think need we to need focus to pound on Chris. I,
1: I think that the people listening, if they would be so kind, is to go to podcastalley.com, go to the bottom of the page, look at the concept, uh, contact section, fill in the uh, little the web form here. He doesn't seem to have a uh, um, he doesn't he isn't so foolish as to put an email address on here so that you can um, go after him. But mm-hmm. um, you know, go in and and there's an email address info at podcastalley. dot com. Oh, there it is. I didn't see that. Yep. So
0: okay. email info at podcast dot com and let them know you're a little concerned with the if you are concerned, obviously, uh, let them know that you're concerned with the new double feature podcast that has been uh, whooping free talk Live's butt this month.
1: Well, it's not that they're whooping. It's that they're cheating. Allegedly. Well, I mean, I, obviously, I know, I can, I'm not an angel on this guy's shoulder. However, uh, you know, there's there's at some point there's enough circumstantial evidence. I mean, this this site has no web traffic. Just go to a that that uh, what's it, Alexis? Alexis. Go Alexa? look at Alexis. Alexa. How much more evidence do you need? See, Ian, you don't believe that you can compile enough evidence to be able to say that so you won't say it however i'm of the opinion that when there's enough circumstantial yeah. evidence that it's likely true so i'm willing to say it so anyway and this guy's from- a motherfucking cheater
0: so There you go. All right. I'm, I'm pretty much done with this conversation at this point. So aside from Mark's uh, bad news about the uh, download stats being off by, what, you said 8% or something like something that.
1: Something like that. I mean, I'm, uh, the I'm good good really making up a good news is Free
0: Talk Live is now on 56 radio stations across the country, and we continue to add new radio affiliates. So even though there may not be as many people downloading necessarily within the past couple months, we certainly have more people on board on the radio waves listening to us uh, especially as we just recently added wtar in norfolk virginia
1: which is a fifty
0: thousand watt flamethrower of an am oh, station free talk lives
1: definitely growing and the the amp it, you know as, as soon as we're able to focus amp back on um, google adwords and then facebook which we're going to do afterwards we're going to see a big jump in our podcast listenership i'm just the only i it, i don't think it's Bad news necessarily. It's it just, just sounds just like a little reality. negative, a little bit of negativity. You hate hearing all. negativity about right. the show, but like it's it's reality. And reality is is that when you take if, if you want to put the money back on Google AdWords, you're welcome to do that. But
0: yeah, I probably actually can now
1: because I've got a little bit more uh, at this point. Try Facebook instead. It seems a lot more busy to me.
0: I don't know. I'm going to do them both. I, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to do them both. But. Uh, So anyway, uh, if you want to help support the expansion of Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier. This is an extended edition of the show brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. That is something else that's been off a bit recently. As I've mentioned on the air, the Free Talk Live AMP program, a lot of people are uh, cutting back. They're slicing back their discretionary spending. And that unfortunately means that AMP has taken a few hits. But luckily, some people have stepped up recently, and they've upped their three-dollar amps to five-dollar amps, and uh, they've said very, very nice things. And I, I certainly appreciate that, and appreciate everybody who who is continuing to amp. And of course, now uh, those who have formerly amped are welcome to come back on the AMP on the email list. So if you didn't get that email, I sent an email out to everybody. That was formerly on as an amplifier, which by the way, the number of former amplifiers has actually now eclipsed the number of current amplifiers. We have something like 500 plus. Uh, former amplifiers and a 500 plus current amplifier. So we've we've passed the point where we have more former amps than we do current amps. It's just the way things are, right? I mean, like you said, Mark, people come in, then they go, and they find something else that uh, that they want to put their money into. and
1: thanks goodness and thank goodness they they put their money in. That they for, came for the, for the yeah. you know the period of time that they did. Yeah, I don't
0: it doesn't for for me if you've amped for three months or you've amped for three years, I appreciate it. I mean, I <laughs> thank you for for helping this
1: show grow because if it weren't for the amplifiers, I can tell you we'd probably be on. 10 radio stations i don't know I, it's, it's very difficult to say but you know <laughs> they've they've certainly changed the dynamic of free talk live and allowed us yeah. to grow in a fashion that we would not have grown in any other in any other way so i mean that much is is true it's uh so, you know i always feel kind of strange thanking people for money that i don't use uh, that well, i don't you get my hands it. on it well you but, don't get your hands on it thank right goodness it, it helps <laughs> well what's wrong with me getting my hands on it ask laura what do you mean? Oh, well, that's I, why you give her all your paychecks. Well, she's she, uh, certainly I'm not good at handling money. Right. That doesn't mean that you I
0: put your hands on it. Then
1: <laughs> I mean, when you're dealing with a business account, you're you're it's something entirely different than your personal finances.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, you don't get to put your
1: hands on it. So I do not touch. But it paper helps
0: you that. nonetheless because it brings more radio stations on, which helps you sell more advertising. So yeah. uh, everybody benefits from AMP, including uh, the Liberty Movement, because well. Unfortunately there are no other nationally syndicated radio shows with a you know a voluntarist and a, uh, whatever you are Mark
1: I'm not sure <laughs> a Quaker.
0: Uh, so there are no other uh, national radio shows that have this message. And so when you get behind it financially, it helps push it out to more radio stations, more Internet listeners. And yes, we will be doing uh, more Internet advertising. It has been cut back as of recently simply because I've been uh, you know feeding money into this web design project, which is at prep.freetalklive.com because freekeen.com has now surpassed Free Talk Live in popularity. Interestingly enough, last month alone, 53,000 visitors to or 50, almost 54,000 to Free Talk Live, 60,000 to Free Keen. So Free Keen, a blog site, has managed to eclipse Free Talk Live in three years. And Free Talk Live has been on the Internet for seven years. So clearly we need to do something to, uh, you know, to increase growth at Free Talk Live. And I think that what's going on over at prep.freetalklive.com is exactly what we need making the front page of the website essentially you know it's like our own version of dig it's like a liberty version of dig basically yeah.
1: well the and, but, but dig doesn't have the advantage of having a nationally syndicated radio show on top correct. of it so you know the the thing is is you know people go to dig to sort of promote what they want to promote And and it's this kind of agenda oriented thing that's entirely different than our listeners going to our website, setting up an account, and then voting up the stories they want us to hear. I guess it's an agenda still, but it's something entirely different. um, It'll make the show a
0: little bit, it'll add an an extra level of interactivity to our
1: website that has never existed.
0: It it essentially takes Free Talk Live's main site into Web 2.0. We've had the forum, we've had the wiki, but those are kind of tangential sites to to the main FreeTalkLive.com site. And uh, when, when and prep.freetalklive.com becomes freetalklive.com and actually officially launches which should be within the next few weeks hopefully hopefully no later than the end of the year um, but when that when that actually happens it I think will bring more people back to the front page of the site more often because right now the only reason you have to go to the front page of freetalklive.com is if the podcast is uh, is fucking up You know, if if something happened with your podcast client and you need to go and click and download last night's show, then, yeah, you've got to go to the front page to do that. And then occasionally we'll post something new like a a Shriner or we'll post the new torrent or, we'll you know, every so often throughout the month, there's something new that goes up on the front page of the site. But with the uh, prep.freetalklive.com, there's something new every single day. Uh, there, there's, there's new content submitted by you, the listener, you, the participant. So if you haven't yet had a chance, go on over to prep.freetalklive.com. Take a look at what we've got in store. If you find any bugs, you can submit them to, I think, johnson at freetalklive.com. He's in charge of that project, and I'm sure he'd appreciate any kind of errors or something like that that you might come across because uh, – Inevitably, there will be some bugs that will need to be stamped out, and so we'll certainly appreciate your assistance with that as well. But this uh, extended edition of the show is brought to you by the Free Talk Live Amp Program, and I think uh, I don't know—we covered pretty much everything here. I'm somehow. clear. We're about done then, and the phone lines are clear. So we are out of here. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you to everybody for continuing to support this program, uh, continuing to listen, uh, continuing to uh, to be an amplifier, or thank you if you're just now signing up this week. And if you are, uh, don't forget I process amps on a once-a-week basis on Saturday mornings, and uh, look forward to processing yours if you're going to be on board. And thank you again for listening. We'll return you now to your previously scheduled stream programming. Good night, everybody.
3: How long can you hold your breath? Not long. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumer's Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent
11: you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S